0: And I'm Jen Northington, and this
1: is Tar, Valen, or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. How many more points like that had there been where a single decision one way or another affected the weave of the pattern for thousands of years? A thousand times a thousand tiny branching points, a thousand times that many, all twitching the pattern into a different design. He himself was a walking branching point, and maybe Matt and Perrin, too. What they did or did not do would send ripples ahead through the years, through the ages. And that is from the section of The Shadow Rising, which we read for today, which has So much.
0: (laughs) So many things. As you might have gathered, we are rereading The Wheel of Time books by Robert Jordan. In honor of the TV show Adaptation's release, we're talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite moments and digging into all things Wheel of Time. We do have—this show is going to be a long one, y'all. We have some (laughs) pre-discussion notes in addition to a lot to talk about. Uh, But let's start with the New
1: York Comic-Con panel preview. Yeah, so they did like a brief thing over the summer at San Diego Comic-Con, but it was like mostly just Rafe Judkins giving in an interview and, and kind of prepping people. This had a significant more amount of information. It was the whole cast minus Matt, Barney mm. Harris, interestingly enough, who has been recast.
0: We don't know um, why.
1: We still don't know why. We still don't know why. Uh, and they showed a clip from the show, which is kind of the big, big thing of Moiraine's introduction to kind of everything. And what Rafe Judkins, I think, called it was like the moment of activation mm-hmm. for everybody, which I liked that phrasing a lot, since we know Moiraine is going to be a much more central figure versus Rand. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What did you think of the clip?
0: I... I mean, Rosamund Pike is just like slaying the yes. Moiraine vibe, as far as yes. I can tell. It's pretty, pretty powerful,
2: which yeah. I'm here for. I was, yeah. I was
0: a little nervous about her casting back in the day. Honestly, I, I like got super invested, which was never going to happen. But I got super invested in it being Lucy Lou in my head for some reason. <laughs> oh my, like my god, my head cannon was that it's Moiraine. so good? Would that be just so perfect? Yes. So Lucy like Lou would
1: have been amazing.
0: Like no shade to Rosamund Pike, but like I was I just had my heart set on this Fair. thing that nobody else knew and was never going to happen and like whatever. <laughs> um so I was like, "Oh, Rosamund Pike, okay. But like she is she's earning. I I feel like she's she she, she seems to be showing up in a way that hopefully bodes well for the show."
1: Yeah, yes, I agree with you. I liked, I liked pretty much. I mean, it was a short clip. We yeah. we have very brief moments of seeing everybody from Rand, Egwene, Perrin, Matt, um, like, uh, and of course, the first person. So it's set in the tavern in the Wine Spring Inn. Um, the door, like everyone's like chatting and like whatever, and then the door flings open and and Lan comes in. <laughs> oh my god, damn! <laughs> I know. Like, can I just? I just he's just it's so good (laughs) (laughs) and he kind of comes in and the first person he speaks to is Nynaeve Mm -hmm. which is I'm gonna try to move forward I'm gonna try to use that pronunciation I think for her name just because just to keep it like they've decided and I'm like okay fine (laughs) it'll go from how I used to say Hermione in my head, which was very <laughs> wrong to Hermione after I saw the movies. Nynaeve. <laughs> we'll see if
0: I can manage to say Egwene. Egwene. I don't know I, if I, don't, I can
1: do it. <laughs> I'm happy I don't have to change that one. Yeah. But, you know, uh, and then Maureen comes in. I think the big change that we notice is how quickly she's like, yeah, I'm an to today." Yeah. <laughs> what of it
0: <laughs> like no stealth no on the down low no mistress alice like none of that business nope. Nope.
1: none of that business none of that pretending which granted in the in the books like we don't see her entry she's like already right. there it's true um but still based on the other entrances she's had that yeah. we do see in the books where she's super stealthy about it this is just like what up my name's Moiraine. <laughs> <Sidai."> <laughs> I was into it though. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I I mean, yeah, we'll see where it goes for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it just made me like hungry for mm. for the the episodes, mm. which is nice. Um and they dropped some like information during the panel which um I don't know if it's available or not. Like I don't I don't know how comic-con is handling it i i was lucky enough to cover it for polygon but i did have to like log in to see it
2: Mm, mm.
1: so i don't know i wrote it up for polygon we'll put the links in the um thing although i held on to a lot of the quotes because i'm going to be using them (laughs) for later pieces um but you know Rafe judkins said some things about i think a lot of us are anxious about the adaptation level which he was like we want to adapt the heart of it not page for page because that would be boring which i agree with yeah um well it it remains to be seen whether what we think is the heart and what he thinks is the heart <laughs> is the same thing a good point a good right point. <laughs> mm-hmm. um he kind of explicitly so they did ask you know uh how does this differ from kind of other fantasy series that we might be used to and he was like it's not so much about good and evil which It's true. Like, there is a lot of, like, quote, good and evil in the books, but it's mostly – it's a lot of shades of gray. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said it's much more about bringing balance back to the world. Like, that's what it's about. He's like, it takes – he said explicitly it takes largely from Hindu and Buddhist philosophy. Um, And those religions are quite similar uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, So I'm interested to see how that becomes more explicit in the show. It's pretty explicit in the book. Like, my mom read – F- the first few Wheel of Time books, and she was like, he took everything from Hinduism. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reincarnation, mm-hmm. and, like, there, I mean, there's legit, like, on-the-page references to Gotam Buddha, and, yep. like, Uh, There's all kinds of very blatant, uh, Mm -hmm. yes, bits that even I can recognize. So, like, I can only imagine what somebody who is inside of those religions and cultures would see. So, but, yeah, I do like the sense of, like, it's about balance. Like, that's appealing to me. I don't know that I would have said that if you asked me what the books were about. But I feel like that's legit. Well, okay, so this is where it always goes back to It's about balancing the binaries in the books, right? Good and evil and male and female. And like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as we can tell, they're all still just talking about gender in terms of a binary as opposed to a spectrum.
1: Yeah, it's a little frustrating when you, we, like, I think many of us can recognize that gender is a, it is a spectrum. It's a. It's not just one or the other. Mm-hmm. And so no one has explicitly asked, as far as I know, how that spectrum could influence or shift some of the storytelling right. in the show. But from the way the actors, at least, and Rafe Jenkins have been talking about it, it's very much within the binary construct. So it's a lot of, like, men are like this and women are like this, which is – I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll flip the switch on us like when the show airs, but it feels like they're just kind of not going to deal with. Yeah, deal with it.
0: I I just needed to have a side note that. Every time I think about gender as a binary, I think of this amazing, like, I would call it a World Heritage Tumblr post where somebody was like, there are only two genders, but they didn't say what they were. And so every comment was like, salt and pepper, creamy and smooth, <laughs> potato and not potato. And I was like, yes, that's correct. Like, the only two genders are potato and not potato. Like, that, it just cracks me up every time I think about it.
1: Oh, God. That's the way. That That is the way. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, we got gender. Oh, we've got this casting bit though yes so they cast three new people for season two one of whom they told
2: us yeah
1: is elaine um which we're very it's interesting because you know elaine shows up in the first book but this she's not going to show up in the first season so now i don't know how they're gonna (laughs) how they're adapting the books (laughs) like and
0: like min's already been cast so we know they go to Camlin, right? Mins and Camelin or Mins and Barrelon. Bar- right, right, right.
1: Like they might I don't know. Like I yeah. I don't know when TBD, I guess. On IMDV uh, on IMDB, which we, who knows? Mm, mm. Um, the actress who's playing Min is listed for three episodes. Okay, for season so, one. So yeah. Which is pretty significant of yeah. eight. Uh considering her presence in the first book is pretty minimal.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so like I don't know. I, I don't I have no idea how they're going to adapt the story.
0: Right, right.
1: Other than we know that he Rafe has eight seasons mapped out. Right, right. Although only two have been <laughs> <Greenlit>. <laughs> approved <Yeah. laughs> essentially. Um the the panel Rosamund and Daniel also spoke a little bit about the the bond between Moiraine and Lan, and I am mm-hmm. very happy to see that they are maintaining that it is platonic. Yes, it is a deep connection, but there is nothing romantic. There is nothing sexual. Like it is going to be a platonic relationship, Phew. Um, which is nice. And they talked about kind of a little bit how the two of them would visually. Act with one another based mm. on their Like lands fighting skills and Boy Rains <coughs> channeling so I'm very Excited for how that like I'm More excited than I was for to see Some of this stuff visualized mm,
2: mm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Right yeah Fair, fair. It is it is tantalizing, I think is the word. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we just get this little glimpse and like there's some interesting things going on and I want to know how they're going to develop them.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like cute stuff on the panel. Like they talk to all the the four other leads. So it's Yosha Stradowski, Marcus Rutherford, Madeline, uh, whose name I forgot, her last name I forgot, Madden, Madeline Ma- Madden and Zoe Robbins mm-hmm. are playing Nynaeve, Egwene, Perrin and Rand. And I think they all just seem like really kind of young actors who are excited. Yeah, it's right. very sweet. <laughs> you know, they were like, Rosamond and Daniel are clearly like the veterans who mm. were like, yes, we know how to sit here and just be like, these are the things we need you to know. Um, there was a good bit about the books, like who's reading what. It turns out the, the kid who's playing Rand Yosha, is the furthest. He's on like book 11. <laughs> Um, but some of them were kind of like, we didn't really want to know, like, while we were filming what was coming, we wanted to be in the moment. Yeah. Um, but I would be interested to hear what they think of their characters' trajectories. In the book. Mm-hmm. like, after the show is over, I would love yes. to know, like, how what they think <laughs> based on what happens in yeah. the show versus the books. Yeah, that would be interesting. Right? Um, interesting. I will say, Rosamond brought up an interesting point about Moiraine, which I liked, and what drew her to the project, which is that. She was like I was interested in this character who in another book probably would have been a male character who mm. comes in as a guide and as a force of change in mm-hmm. all these young people's lives and I I never thought about it like that but I do I I do find that it's just like these books are so funny because at the time they were for being written by like I think uh there was a an author on Twitter who brought this up um a romance author who was saying that like for yes they are subversive and revolutionary for being written by like a cis dude <laughs> in the time that he in was the writing. time that they were written in yeah um but n- if you take away the context of who wrote them because there were people doing that work at the time yes they just weren't given kind of the same platform mm-hmm. or the same the same marketing essentially oh yeah 100% right?
0: 100% um it
1: was, it's just It's always remember, I guess, I I forget to do it, which is to contextualize not only the time in which Robert Jordan was writing these books and promoting these books, but, like, who, who is saying it, right? Yeah, 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 and the, right,
0: and I think it's a good point, the broader context of fantasy and sci-fi in, you know, the early 90s or i guess is what are late 80s whatever it is Uh, Mm -hmm. because they're absolutely yeah this one is from 92 there were absolutely women people of color queer folks doing interesting strange subversive like very subversive things yeah. in fantasy, but were they getting a platform? Did they get a 15 book series? Like, nope, they nope. sure did not. And we have to work harder to find those stories. And you know, they don't get talked about as much. And there's lots of great resources out there to dive into more if that's something you're interested in, which you should be. Um, <laughs> and maybe one of these days we'll do like a bonus episode yeah. of, about some of those other works that
1: that would be interesting to contextualize the wheel of time with so yes. 100% and i i want to say the romance writer who said it was brie bridges i was looking up the um uh pseudonym she uses along with her romance writing partner for her books which is kit rocha oh yes love kit i was rocha. like i know i know it but i wanted to double check before i gave Brie's like <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> the the pseudonym i was like oh, just just in case but it's brie bridges who said it and it and correct like all of yep. that is all of that is correct
2: Mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah so there will be i think i think we'll likely be getting more information prior we're a little over a month out like five weeks out from the episode dropping Ooh, i think it's happening i know i can you believe it no like, I can't. we're coming up we started a year. this a year ago <laughs> yeah we're coming up on a year anniversary of this podcast and like what, what is time what <laughs> what is what Ridiculous. is time time is nothing
0: it is nothing it is well it's the wheel right it comes (laughs) and it goes it turns and it turns it just
1: keeps going and it can someone like can it get a flat yeah (laughs) 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 oh
0: lord well speaking of how we've been doing this for a hot minute we're making some updates to how our patreon works sort Mm -hmm. of in the context of the show rapidly approaching
1: Yeah, so I think what we may do is make our episodic, so like our show episodic and both our podcast episodic posts public so anyone can participate in discussion, Um, but we will be keeping patron-only posts for question and answer sessions, for polls, and obviously you get your shout-out online. Or online on the episode while we're recording um, for all of our Patreon supporters, which we super appreciate. So we'll we'll have like our kind of patron only spaces that exist still. But for basically, we want to just talk to everybody about how the show goes. We want to we want to make sure we talk to everyone because we have a good time doing it. <laughs> Indeed, indeed the comment sections are fun on our patreon specifically <laughs> nowhere else but on our patreon
0: only there only there <laughs> this is like a note to self i have to remember when i make those posts to make them public instead of to yes. private to patreon so we'll see if i can remember but that's our plan so, we'll see you in the poll. I would just like to say that I won the last poll for okay. the record. All right. Okay. The
1: dark one is not in an egg. Uh, the opinion oh, floating egg. Listen, the public opinion <laughs> may be such. I maintain that the dark one is floating in an it's egg.
0: Not in an egg. It's so he stupid. He is inside of an egg. I his hate prison it so much.
1: is his prison is the modern interpretation of Humpty Dumpty. No. <laughs>
0: It's so bad. I cannot. I cannot. I'm going to oh, draw fan art. Your headcanon is shit.
1: <laughs> I have so, so many feelings about this. I'm going to draw fan art. And it's going to be the egg, with the dark one inside of it. And Pips
0: is going to be clapping along. I was along. just going to say, oh, Preethi's horse fan art is legendary, y'all. It's, it's legendary. All right. Well, okay. uh So, our last bit of housekeeping is about Amazon. Some of you may know me from other spaces, and you will know that as a former indie bookseller and somebody who has worked in the book industry for over 10 years now, I have a lot of feelings about Amazon, the company's position in that industry Mm. and how it has changed publishing, not for the better. And all of the damage it does to small businesses, not to mention labor rights. Uh, we won't even get into that because that's a whole separate podcast. So it is a hard thing for me to be walking that line between having the feelings that I do about Amazon as a company and having the excitement that I do about a show that is being produced by an arm of that company. So I, it's not... An easy space for me to be and I'm trying to be in it in the same way that like, as we talk about the things in the books that we super don't like, and that we are frustrated Mm by, um, I, I want to bring that same spirit to discussing how I feel about the makers of a show while still acknowledging that there can be good in that show. And that there are a lot of people who are very talented who are working on it and who I'm sure work in other portions of the company. But that still doesn't mean that I don't have a lot of negative feelings about the company as a whole. So it's a tricky space <laughs> to be in is what I'm saying. It is. And it, I, want it, it,
1: it, I want it to be clear. Like
0: I just want that to be known.
1: I think it's fair to say that we live in a society and part of that, unfortunately, because of the way in which capitalism has grown unfettered. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to we're, me about my socialism sometime, y'all. We're, we're in this position. And and honestly, it's the same. Like, I don't, I think both of us are very clear. It's like, we don't shop at Amazon. We don't buy our books from Amazon. We are very, very, like, none of the book like, none of the links on my site to out to my books are to Amazon. They're to, like, bookshop.org or indie bookstores or... Barnes & Noble, because there are a lot of places that don't have bookstores. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, Amazon operates largely at a loss on a lot of these spaces, including its entertainment production space. I knew that about the books. I didn't know that about the entertainment. It's, it's, it's often the same because they make all of their money in, like, transactional spaces yeah. and uh, cloud, cloud mm-hmm. hosting services. Mm-hmm. Like, largely, it's, like, stuff that we can't even see. Yeah. Like... It's so frustrating, but it's they touch every aspect of of a life, and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna do what I can. Yes, which is support and promote indie bookstores mm-hmm. and cool people making cool stuff. Right,
0: that's right. And sometimes those things overlap, and here we are. Yep, here we are.
1: Here we are. Anyway. So on so, that note, <laughs> let's Speaking talk. of speaking of cool people doing cool stuff and overlapping <laughs> with annoying stuff. Yeah. The Shadow Rising.
0: <laughs> these chapters I will just say right now that like I am going to start to get dangerous to myself and to spoiler averse listeners because I am having like thoughts about certain reveals and plot points that I cannot tell if I am just reading context clues or remembering something from down the line. So I'm going to say sometimes I think I remember a thing about this, but I'm not going to say what that thing is. Okay, good, because there's a lot that I don't. Yeah. And I, I don't, don't I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. Also, I'm probably super wrong about some of this. <laughs> So I will I do need to update my Jen thinks she remembers doc. Uh, and I'll <laughs> repost that in Patreon um for discussion by people who don't mind about spoilers. But yeah, it's I man, so many things in this section, I was like, wait, do I know a thing about that? It's very intense, is what I will say.
1: There's there's a lot. There's a lot. There's there's lot. A lot. After, like, six chapters of, no- after two <laughs> chapters of the most information you could possibly ask for, and six chap six chapters of, like, Parent and Fail being so damn annoying, <laughs> we finally get to some, like, decent action scenes in The Two Rivers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So on our, our, like, not even a cliffhanger, but the big thing at the end of the last chapter was that, like, oh, Lord Luke is here, who we are suspicious of. I think yes. he's Slayer, maybe. I don't I, actually
1: know if I'm right. I might have thought that prior to reading this, because that's yeah. how it felt like the book was setting it up. But now yes. he seems like he seems like a little bit of a toady, and I don't know if that goes hand in hand with right, right, the way Perrin saw Slayer for that's the first fair. time.
0: There's something off about him. We yes. know that at the 100%. very least, something off about him.
1: But like, I don't, I don't know what it is yet, and yeah, so. No. We're at that house where Perrin, like all, where, where Perrin and Tam and everybody have come to like speak to some of these two rivers folk, and Lord Luke comes in, and I think the big things here for me are that he recognized an Aes for to be an Isidai. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned he's like, like Varon is like, hmm, kind of, are you from the borderlands? Right. and he's like, no. which Mm -hmm. is shady right Mm -hmm. um and he recognizes the warder but doesn't react to him which Perrin finds to be very unsettling yeah like either he's like super good or he's like hella like arrogant or both or both or both um and he, he, like, flirts with Fael, which, of course, Perrin is pissy Obviously, about. Obviously, which is annoying. I'm, like, going to ignore all the fail being That's stupid fair. Stuff. It's so annoying <laughs> and so unnecessary. I was, like, literally, like, can we just let this go? Yeah. Can it just go away, please? Mm. Um. And he seems to maybe recognize Perrin on some level. At least this is what Perrin thinks, but mm-hmm. but he doesn't know how. He's like, I've never met you before, which lends credence to this like Slayer idea. If yeah. Slayer, if they are the same person and he saw Perrin in the dream.
0: Or if he is one of the dark friends who's been tasked with finding the three Tavarin. True. Would also know that. He face that way. So, What
1: book did that happen in? What what book That's, was that the prologue of? I
0: think that was two books ago. It was this,
1: It's book two, right? It's for I the Greyhunt? I think Great it's Hunt? book two, yeah. God, it was so long ago. Cause that will come up again in this section, which is sure like, will. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and so Perrin basically like Luke has given these villagers some advice, but Perrin thinks it's stupid advice. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well that's he's like, well the boys can sit on the roof and keep an eye out for Trollocs. And Perrin's like Trollocs can see better at night than people can. That's not <laughs> smart. Like what? That's not smart.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah like what are you doing parent basically is like so i have an idea instead of all being at your little farms all separate and easy to pick off like why don't you all get together in a group and protect yourselves Mm -hmm. and everybody hates this idea and then they stop hating it and they like it
1: yeah, and there it kind of turns into like, "What? How dare you?" Da da da. And then they are like, "Actually, that's really smart." Like, I don't. <laughs> okay, good idea. Because parent is basically right now you're at the mercy of everybody because you mm-hmm. don't have safety in numbers. It's whether it's the white cloaks or the trollocs. Like you're mm-hmm. in trouble. You're only relying on the white cloaks because you can't band together to fight the trollocs. Right. Um.
0: So he starts to you know sort of rally them and make a plan and. Luke and they agree is to like, it. yeah and they agree to it and luke is like clearly like a little miffed about like oh for sure somebody else having a plan uh and then he's like well i gotta go bye like you just, you
2: know, just nobody, like shortly leaves. nobody
1: cares about me i'm not getting enough attention so bye so i'm leaving <laughs> and... um there's this great moment where Varen's like bold plan and parents like it's not a plan i was just walking <laughs> and parents like okay taverin <laughs> yes yes i love this moment where varin's like oh i've never seen it in
0: action before and he's like what are you talking about and she's like yeah li- like none of these people were gonna do what you said and then all of a sudden they were that's taverin and he's like
2: rah, rah, rah,
1: rah, rah. he's like it's whatever it is and he's like as long as it's working i don't care and it, then and it's varin so she goes from like saying like she's interested in seeing how taverin works and then she's like Oh, hey, Rand has a sword, right? <laughs> no, like, non sequitur. And yeah. Perrin's like, well, I guess, yeah, yeah, he does. He doesn't see any reason not to tell her. And then she goes, watch yourself with Alana. Per-
0: Perrin is all over the place in this section. All over the place. What Just, is happening?
1: like, need to get these sentences out. Mm. I do love this turn of phrase where... Um, Jordan writes, like, Varen's face did not change, but her dark eyes were suddenly bird bright and sharp. And I was like, Ooh, that sounds scary. <laughs> Birds are creepy when they watch you, yes. for the record. <laughs> um, and so she kind of like, parents, like, Why should I be afraid of Alana? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Listen. And just kind of in this very roundabout, eyes to die kind of way is like, The, pe- the tower's going to do what the tower's going to do <laughs> and not really care about who it's hurting. So just a heads up and kind of implying that, like, he just needs to watch his back because there's something happening that the tower wants to happen where it might not matter where he ends up which is like interesting
0: because mm-hmm. how much does Varen care about what perrin wants or doesn't want i know like, right not at all she doesn't care about That's that right.
1: Varen, what are you doing yeah what are you doing what, what is this game what is this
0: game you're playing she is playing some kind
1: of game then fail comes in and like apologizes for being stupid but then continues to be stupid
0: Jordan just can't let go of this, like, men and women don't know how to talk to each other nonsense. It's so silly. Yeah, it's really stupid. There's There's also, I will say, that Jordan Mm -hmm. keeps dropping, like, well, I guess Fahil's father must this and that. Like, she's making such a big deal of what her dad does. This is where I think I remember something, but it's, like, clearly there's, like, Jordan is calling attention to... Her yeah, dad, there's in like a, a very a moment, deliberate way to like make you
1: wonder about it. Is yeah, all there's saying. like a few pages later she says something like, "Some of my father's dot dot yes dot, yes guards." I was like, "Man, that ellipses is doing a lot <laughs> a of lot. work." There's a
0: lot of heavy <laughs> lifting going on here. So something is something is important about her dad that we don't know. Yeah. About.
1: There's some, like, cute moments between her and yes. Perrin where she's, like, yeah. putting flowers in his beard yeah. and, like, some silliness. And, like, complimenting
0: him on, like, his yeah. leadership skills. Like, there are, there are moments of the Fahil and Perrin that I remembered in But here. they're few and but far between. I agree. They are few. They, they're they not enough to make up for all of the... All grossness. of the absurdity. Yeah. Um,
1: so. Basically, this whole sequence of, of Perrin with this part where he's, like, getting these, like, farms to go to Amon's field and... And collecting, these, and collecting sort of young, young men yeah, to beat for him. His little militia. His little militia is like showing us that he is growing into being a leader. And while he's not as reluctant as Matt is, yeah, it's it's like not a reluctance. It's like he's consistently surprised at the place he finds himself naturally inhabiting.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like like, there's that moment where he calls uh, Tam and Abel by their first names mm-hmm. instead of Master Kalathen and Master Althor. And I was like, oh, Perry, you're growing up. I know, I know.
0: (laughs) And I appreciate the way that, like, yeah, he's not super jazzed about like suddenly being in charge but he's also not gonna not do the thing he thinks is exactly right, which is the core of Perrin's yes. character
2: really.
1: he just is like I'm gonna say like the whole part in that first farm where he's convincing mm-hmm. people to go it's not that he's convincing them to go he's like I'm gonna say what I think yeah I'm just gonna tell them what I think I'm gonna tell them the truth mm-hmm. and whatever happens happens and I think that's Varen's point of like the Taverin coming out right
0: right for sure for sure
1: because he was like, this was not premeditated. This was just what I think is correct. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so then they send kind of like uh, all the people to field except for this militia of his, which is collected, to go and try to rescue uh, the blacksmith, his wife, and Matt's mother and sisters from the White Cloaks,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is quite an exciting little sequence of events. It, it brought me it, back to like the first book with Nynaeve. Trying to help rescue Perrin yes. and Egwene. Oh,
0: you're right. I didn't think about that. But you are absolutely 100% correct. It felt correct. very parallel yeah, to me so with horses yeah, and all like, Yeah, they're sneaking of it. through. They're wearing like disguises. Mm-hmm. They're taking out guards. The Aiel are helping. Um, it is. It, you're right. It's so, it's such a callback to that.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's very uh it felt very deliberate to me Mm -hmm. um so he and file are together because he's like she's not gonna go so i'm just gonna make her stay close and there's like a sweet moment where she's like well and puts like a flower crown on his head (laughs) it's cute though they they're cute moments though i feel they are largely unearned Mm. from on jordan's behalf um but so they're they together are sneaking through to get to the tent Mm -hmm. and there's this moment this is one of the few suspense moments that I don't think work because Mm. I don't understand this like all of a sudden like they're sneaking and it's going well and Perrin all of a sudden hears fail go down Mm -hmm. and then there's somebody trying to choke him Mm -hmm. some like giant white cloak trying to choke him my question is, it's like a great little <laughs> suspenseful moment. Right. Why doesn't the white cloak trying to choke him yell anything? Yeah, I
0: had the same exact thought at that moment. Because the whole thing happens in silence. Which, like, if you were a white cloak who you found people sneaking through and you were attacking them, you would be freaking loud about right? it. Right? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make
1: any sense. No. It's I so think, strange.
0: I think he wanted a moment yes. for Fael to rescue Perrin. Because she, like... Karen is, you know, being strangled by this Mm -hmm. dude and having trouble fighting him off. And then she, you know, cracks him over the head with a piece of firewood and he goes down. And I guess Jordan, like, really desperately wanted such a moment. And this is where he decided to put it. But it doesn't it doesn't make any sense how that would actually have happened.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very strange moment that took me out of the action, unfortunately, because he's usually so good at it. That I was like, I I don't like seeing the strings. Yeah, like I don't want to yeah, see that. Yeah. So they keep going. Um, they get to the tent. The aisle have have joined them at this point because they've they've been kind of like trying to from all sides sort of make sure that they have a way to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get the um the prisoners out. There is this kind of annoying moment where. Perrin has an aside where he's like, first file saved him from being strangled, and now she saved him from a spear through his liver. And like, I that's it feels like that's why Jordan put that section in there. <laughs> Of, like, so Perrin could have this moment where he was irritated. And I'm like, that's annoying. Yeah. It's, and I, unnecessary. I, like, blocked that section from my memory, apparently. I know. <laughs> um, and then there's this very, like, exciting moment where they, like, get the horses. It's very reminiscent mm-hmm. of Ni- Nynaeve getting the horses. Um, and just as Perrin's like, okay, on my word, the call goes out from the White Close camp of, like, we got it. There's, there's somebody here. Yeah. There's, like, whatever. Um, and then they, like, Take off, and there's this like wonderful like reunion scene.
2: Yeah,
1: Roman's like, yay, and like he there's a moment of like I guess quote growth for Perrin where he interrupts Mistress Luhan, and she's like, <laughs> excuse,
2: me? yeah, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: <laughs> um, and then it's like. He asks Varen if there's any help that she can give. And she's like, not like the kind you want, but it's probably going to rain in like a half an hour. Like real (laughs) bad rain. Yeah. (laughs) Because they have to get out of there before the white cloaks find them. Right. And
0: so they split into two groups. There's a group that's taking the rescued prisoners Mm -hmm. back to safety. And then Varen and all of the young bucks are like going off to draw off the white cloaks. So they're going to like make a bunch of noise and mm-hmm. um, also then go. I love this. That it ends with him being like, we hunt Trollocs. Like, so, like it's like action so, movie. It's, it feels very like Aragorn, like let's yes. have some orc, you know, yes. or whatever <laughs> the moment was. in Lord of the
1: Rings. So true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so true. <laughs> huh? And that's how that chapter ends. That's After how chapter ends. six boring ass chapters, we finally <laughs> had, like a really exciting one. It was really awesome.
0: Yeah, it was. It was great. It was great.
1: Imagine it was nice if- to see a parent <laughs> being relatable, <laughs> right? And not just like why, right? Why? Why? Uh, then we get back to Rand POV, mm-hmm. which I was. Uh, it's funny, like reading this. I know that I know that Rand will likely become insufferable. But we're four books in, and I am still really feeling for him.
0: I have to agree. I did not remember him being this, speaking of relatable, uh, this far into the story. But he is still extremely relatable. It's a... Yeah, so him and Matt are coming out of Ruidian mm-hmm. and they are like injured. I mean Matt is like bloody and
1: yeah, there's this like this also had the section also had some great like Matt Rand friendship yes, moments. Yeah, Cuz there's this moment where like um it's Rand POV and it's like right after they've had this fight, they're falling apart and he's like Matt he's describing Matt's bruises which is like neck is basically black from yeah. almost being hung. Like there's like all this dried blood and he's like matt did not complain though which was a bad sign (laughs) Matt was a great complainer at small discomforts if he was silent now it meant he was in real pain and then rand's got his like old wound in his side that won't heal um from being you know jesus stabbed yeah but it was like he thinks they're so close to reuniting with everyone. And he thinks there was water and shade up there and help for Matt.
0: Yeah, it's really sweet. I was like, Mo, you and your friends. <laughs> but
1: he's also stressing
0: because he knows. So they're coming out of Ruidian. Of course, it's dawn. And he knows mm-hmm. that part of the Aiel prophecy is, you know, he who comes with the dawn and he's going to break them. Like he mm-hmm. he is going to go. Bre- he needs these people. And he's going to break them.
1: So I wanted to talk to talk about a, this a little bit because the the word is it's break them, but he it's destroy them.
2: Mm. It says he
1: will bind you together, he will take you back and destroy you. And Rand thinks words delivered like prophecy destroy them. So we just read through that entire two chapter sequence of like all the history, yeah, yeah. the entire history of the Isle, which was a a deconstruction of their original community Mm -hmm. it was a destroying of their original community like who is to say Mm -hmm. this is not that you know like it is a piece of their history but what happened to their society and to their culture and to their community was that it was literally deconstructed
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so to me i'm like destroy them sounds bad but it's not what we watched it happen right right it's very and it's traumatic and it's bad, but it it's part of life.
0: Yeah, it's very. It feels very to me uh, to use a tarot reference the Tower card, which like nobody wants to get, but it is it's upheaval is what it right. is. And like, yes, bad things happen during upheaval, but there are also opportunities. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you have to burn stuff
1: down to grow new things. Yeah,
0: and uh, and that's what it feels like
1: to me. So. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like, because he goes from that. I think it's, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this work as the reader, but like I do think those two ideas are very much joined. That mm-hmm. we saw the deconstruction of this society, and then got this idea of Rand considering what it means that he would mm-hmm. destroy the Isle, which, um, and we also know
0: from his whole experience in and that knowing the truth of what how the Aiel came to be is enough to destroy someone like we saw muradin right he like is Mm -hmm. clawing his own eyes out and basically dies by suicide because he cannot accept this idea that the Aiel were once peace-loving pacifists Mm -hmm. and so the implication to me is very much like the the truth of the Aiel is enough to destroy them and so, like Rand, as this force of change is, you know, they keep saying, like the wise ones keep saying, like we know the Karn brings change. Like, yeah, we just don't know what that change is. And like, here it is. <laughs> I know it's, it's
1: it's just interesting because it's they use such harsh words, like yes. you said, like it's destroy, it's mm-hmm. breaking, it's it's all these pieces. But that idea of upheaval and the need to accept truth and the mm-hmm. need to come to terms with change is kind of like this idea of Rand. In this short sequence, in like three paragraphs, he's like freaking about out about destroying them and changing them and breaking them. But he gets to, but why would I destroy the, the A'il? how mm-hmm. that last thought chilled him it was too much like accepting that he would that he should mm-hmm. and it's like yes you you are going to have to do this and that acceptance is necessary in the same way that the i l have to accept this truth right. about their history like you have to accept the role you're going to play yeah in the shifting of what the IEL are right
0: right oh it's so
1: interesting yeah yeah super interesting And there's a lot of, like, paranoia coming out from Rand here. I think it's – he's done a good job of, like, letting that grow kind of – not only, like, grow maybe, like, as part of this, quote, madness that Rand will supposedly eventually succumb to, but Mm -hmm. also very rationally. Yeah. Like, right? Like, he says he's excited about the Isle mostly because he needs people he can trust, people who will follow him for something besides fear or greed. Right. And people who don't want to use him, mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's need so for rational. him. It's, it's rational. So it is rational. pragmatic, right? Yeah. It is extremely, <sighs> extremely. And so they get back within sight and within hearing of all the people waiting for him, and who's waiting for them? <laughs> this jerk, Cooladin, <sighs> fucking Cooladin who is intent on being like you don't deserve it blah, 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 but also I'm going to break the rules too and you murdered my brother and you murdered and, my right. brother there's no way you could beat him right it's just so he pulls out uh he pulls out a blade mm-hmm. or i mean a spear excuse me Kooladin. and so Rand's fire set, like power blade comes out and Matt pulls out his like creepy new spear knife yeah. thing that he got and kuliden is like they took weapons right. and then there's this moment where um Kulidin, like and because they had the weapons a bunch of other people from Kulidin's same sept throw spears and they end up in a perfect circle mm-hmm. around where, where rand was right where rand was standing and the wise women are like can you please relax <laughs>
0: oh seriously because they're breaking the rules like mm-hmm. you're not allowed to have violence at ruidian or in mm-hmm. the presence of the wise ones like you're not supposed to so yeah so,
2: yeah. Like- they,
1: they like i think it's bear who runs yeah. down and is like oh my god right. <laughs> but then she she like stops in front of them uh and it's she like yells at Cooladin, and then she tells like matt and rand first she turns to matt because matt's is not of the power she's like did you find that in ruidian and matt i love him so much i was giving it old woman <laughs> i mean to keep it like okay all right buddy
0: i mean he has been through a trauma i know so we gotta cut him i'm, I'm not mad
1: at him uh, and then we get the reveal of the like weird dragon tattoos. Yes, she's like, tattoos.
0: show them already the thing. And Rand's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> then- I know.
1: First, he shows one yeah. and he like thrusts it into the air. And everyone's like, ooh. And like, Lan is there. And it kind of seems like Lan's like, you guys better not fucking touch right. my sheep herder boy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then there's like, you have to show them both. Of I know. Them. That was amazing. There's yeah. like, an idiot.
0: They're both there. And she like rolls down his other. So he doesn't even realize he's got yeah. dragons on both arms. But it fits uh, with
1: the other prophecy. Yeah. So. so we have uh, twice and twice shall he be marked. Yeah. He says, a heron branded into each palm. And now these, one of the peculiar creatures, dragons, the prophecy called them, was supposed to be, quote, for remembrance lost little on the nose Mm. but okay Mm. (laughs) and the other was for quote the price he must pay side note yeah
0: i love how Nobody in this world knows what a dragon is. I know, right? Like, it's just this word, like the dragon. It just doesn't, it doesn't even mean anything. He's like, I guess these are dragons on my arm. Like, I don't even know what the fuck a dragon is. Like, a medieval version of a cat painting. Yes, exactly. What's a cat? What's a cat? (laughs) Like, I. Have never seen a lion, but I'm gonna guess what it looks like. Like, they're <laughs> like, mm, I don't know. A dragon? Maybe a dragon? Sure. I, I guess sure. that's what that is. It's so funny. <laughs> so, it
1: cracks me up. It <laughs> is really funny. It's like, what? Dragon. Dragon? Dra- dragon. Dragoon. <laughs> Dragoon. Oh, man. So, you know, Rand's kind of in his head about it and like, the aisle, actually, I think we, along with Rand, were anticipating like, "Oh, okay, this is our guy. All right, this right. is what we're doing. We're following him. That's that." But everybody's kind of like, <laughs> "Yikes! I don't know." Night, and they sort of just leave. Yeah, they wander off. Everyone just kind of turns back into their tents. Like even like Rourke and and yeah. all of that and. Matt is kind of like, "What just happened?" <laughs> right. uh, so then, while all the aisle go off, Rand's kind of like, "I I thought no, we're not gonna <laughs> right, Karakarn, no party. I'm the car car, no,
0: or we're no not party? gonna do a thing." <laughs>
1: um, and this is when kind of like, I love this moment because it it's like back to like being irritated with how stupid these kids are about Sedai <laughs> yeah. because they're like, "Man, if if Maureen wants to heal me now, I like won't even be mad about it." <laughs> you should be so lucky
0: yeah seriously so Egwene is like well she's in Ruidian so is Avienda and they're like what?
1: and Matt's like I told you I saw her
0: (laughs) so good (laughs) and they find out it's been seven days since they went in that's a great that was a great moment it's like oh shit it's been a whole week like you don't know how long you've been in there for you thought maybe just one night Yeah. check it then.
1: seven days seven days and like Rand is like, oh, geez, Louise, right. I got to I got to get going. Mm-hmm. Like I've lost a week and we don't really know. like We don't know what he's planning. No. Right. Or why the timing matters. Or so why much. the timing matters. Like we have no idea where this like kind of anxiety is coming from because we don't know what he's going towards. Right. Right. Um, but he's freaking out. And now everybody's staring at him like, um, <laughs> are you
0: OK? Right. <laughs> and the queen is just like, are you? What's going on here? Um, uh, and we find out that none of the wise ones can heal.
1: Mm-hmm. None of the wise ones can heal. Um, and Rand is like irrationally angry about it. And Egwene's like, you need to calm down. Right. <laughs> Matt's like, I will figure this out. Like, I it's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this moment where Rand is thinking about. Moiraine, and it kind of does seem like he's worried about her. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is this moment where you're like, okay, he does care, Mm -hmm. right? Where he's like, Why hadn't he seen her? Like, she'd be able to, she'd be fine. She can channel her way through things. Right, right. So there is this, like, which I kind of appreciate it because he would. Like, Rand is the kind of person at this point who would, I think, as angry as he might be.
0: He's also concerned about what it means that she was in there. Like, if she she saw, manipulated anything Mm -hmm. or, like, directed what, because he, like, doesn't want her to know his plan, which we still don't know what the plan is. But we know he doesn't want Moiraine to know so yeah, mm-hmm. he's like very he has a lot of warring emotions around Moiraine, which scans. That seems It's correct. yeah,
1: it makes yeah. sense, but it's better than just this blanket yes. anger and yes. distrust. Yes. Which I've been getting pretty tired of. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um mm-hmm. so
1: then we find out that like me like the wise ones and kind of Ruerk are telling him like it, you know, it's one thing to know about a prophecy, it's another to live it and so it's gonna take a minute for them to come to terms with what is a pretty bleak prophecy Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. and apparently they don't all like the general aiel population doesn't know the full prophecy yeah they just know parts of it Mm -hmm. so only the chiefs and the wise ones know the full prophecy
1: yeah uh then we find out like that land's pretty mad yeah he's not happy he got left behind yeah slash held down by four old ladies yeah (laughs) (laughs) amazing and then there is again this like moment of like you know they're talking and Egwene wants to know what happened Mm -hmm. you know like they want to talk about what happened and the wise ones are like you're not supposed to it's not permitted and Rand says I mean to change what is permitted and isn't yeah become used to it yeah. like it's pretty it's, badass <laughs> right and it's this moment of like yeah destroying is culturally shifting culturally changing like i don't know i think there's something to be said about how uncomfortable it is that that's that destroying yeah. is the word that's used but yeah. it is it's i think that's the theme we're gonna now see continually throughout for the aisle
0: yeah yeah i do love this moment with ruark where he's like well uh, you know the prophecy says it's gonna changes yep. so like Here I'll talk about this a little bit and I love that he answers one of the questions we had which is who are yes. you? Yes. Does everybody see the same thing? And it seems pretty clear that no it's bloodlines mm-hmm. which then leads oh
1: my gosh.
0: to this huge reveal. Huge reveal
1: that I feel like is huge, treated just so like minorly
0: bomb just gets dropped in this like, chapter. Like by the way
1: let's talk about your actual like birth parents yeah
0: yeah yeah which, like, not his mom. was not Aiel. Right? Like, what? She came. But the biggest bomb drop in this whole thing is that he has a half brother. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, it is bananas. It's
1: so much information it's and it's treated like so, so run of the mill. Yep. Like, yep. I feel like it's not. I feel like I reacted really strong to it in a way that I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it was written in a way that's so blasé.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It felt like a really big deal
0: to me. (laughs) Yes. And like I this is the part where I started to be like, wait, do I know who she is? Because so they don't know. They don't say her real name, her like her. They don't know it. Right. They don't know it. She like shows up. She's this blonde, rich woman, basically this young, blonde, rich woman who shows up in the waist and is like just like they are like uh well we're not gonna help her and she just shows such determination and she says that she has been told by an Aes Sedai named guitar moroso that she has to go and become a maiden of the spear mm-hmm. um in order to save her people and she had to leave behind a son yeah and a husband that she did not love and so yeah so she this outlander becomes a maiden of the spear and gets involved with a clan chief who, side note, sounds
1: to me like Taverin. She does. No, no, not her. The the father. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, okay. I also realized we did skip a few. We skipped two things. Okay. What did we skip? We skipped them coming to be healed, obviously, but also this moment of Matt translating the old tongue oh yeah um because they have to meet the chiefs at the al dal and matt says the golden bowl and he pronounces it a little differently than ruark and rand is like huh <laughs> that <laughs> seems like Matt might m- know more than just a few words of the old tongue he understands it mm-hmm. but he does it he might not realize it and then rand sees that Egwene is watching matt thoughtfully yeah Uh, we
0: did we did skip they make this whole plan because rand is like well i need everybody to accept me how do we make that and i need it to happen asap and so the wise ones are going to go into the different clan chiefs dreams and tell them all to meet at this place our al and Mm -hmm. that is where he will like proclaim himself and try to convince them to follow him
1: yeah and they kind of have this conversation where we get to see you know the are treated a certain way in the context of the story,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is that they just will be destroyed, that this right. will happen to them. And this is a great moment where we get, like, the reality of the people mm-hmm. who exist within that. Yeah. Because, you know, Rand is like, will you do it? Will you tell these chiefs? And she says, are you so eager to destroy us? Yeah. And you can Aww. see there is, like, fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm among the people who know that it has to happen and it makes it feel all more like authentic and real. Yeah, um, absolutely. By allowing for those moments Mm. in these kind of grand scheme and big ideas and big plot movements that are happening.
0: Yeah, so many good human moments in here. Absolutely.
1: Because like there is this sort of like moment where Rand kind of is like, hey, so the Forsaken are loose. Right, right. There are nine alive. <laughs> That's too many. I need to use what I can. Mm-hmm. And she asks him, what is it you plan? And he doesn't answer. He's just yeah. like, will you ask them to come? Oh, it's rough. And then they get into the big and stuff about his mom. And then they get into the big reveal about his mom. Yeah. His name is Shai- Shail. Shael?
0: Shael. Shayel. Anyway. And his dad's name is Janduin. Yes, and sounds very tavern. Uh, Shauna says he had a way to him, a power. Mm-hmm. People listened to him and would follow him, yep. even those not of his clan. Like he ended some feuds. Like he w- he led all of these different clans to seek the blood price after Layman cut down the tree. Like it's just a whole. It feels extremely tavern to me.
1: Yeah, and we find out that the reason his mother came to the Isle is because an Aes Sedai told her she had to. Right, right. right, And
0: and we get a Guitara Morosa reference whose name we've yes. seen before. Where have we seen it before? I don't remember. <laughs> no. I just know that we've heard oh, it before. I, I was like, I
1: hope Jen remembers because I, I don't remember. remember.
0: I think it's like some, I, I want to say it's something to do with Camelin and Morgays and Aleda like that's in my head that's what it's linked to
1: or is it something that Varen was reading about, oh, it could have been.
0: about it could have been it could have been Ooh. I don't know is the answer to that I was thinking I was like this is the part where I start to feel like I need one of those like detective boards with all of the different oh red colors and character names and then I was like nope I don't care (laughs) no and because you can't do that for like it's no it's too much it's it's too much much. it's too many characters but now I have all of these wackadoo ideas about who Rand's mom is (laughs) that I'm like that can't be right can it and it's really messing with my brain I don't remember I don't remember it at all I didn't remember any of this I was like half brother I didn't remember it until it happened then I was like wait a
1: minute (laughs) no I I don't remember anything yeah yeah and so uh, we find out that like you know she worked really hard she became this um she became this amazing like you know maiden of the spear Mm -hmm. and she says you have something of her in your features and then less of janduin which is the father Mm -hmm. um who we know is also dead
0: yeah i was just gonna say super sad story like she obviously died on dragon mount giving birth to rand and then his father like gives up being clan chief and walks into the blight and like never
1: returns because he felt so awful because Rand's mother never should have been able to go right. to Dragon Mount. Because she was because already she was pregnant, pregnant at that point. Right. And he let her because he couldn't refuse her anything. Yep. And so he blamed himself for not keeping to the law.
0: This also is messed up. They say that uh, a man killed him who looked like shale, and he no. would not raise his spear. So like, is okay. It his, is it so his like, brother? Yeah. Is it his half-brother? Right. Oh or, or is it his uncle like is like what kind of family situation is happening here like if his mother had a brother who killed his father like what is this some like really intense family shit
1: it's so heartbreaking
0: it is it's so sad. and
1: that's i mean that's the word for it is that we have this like very quick moment now where rand has to sort of Feel loss for something he for something he didn't lose yeah like it's it's i think it's handled quite nicely i
0: love the way he's like tam and carrie will always be his parents but he's sad that he couldn't know these Mm -hmm. for his bio parents basically
1: yeah and and he's like he doesn't know how to make people understand yeah that he like he doesn't know how to make a Gwen who is trying to comfort him understand like what this feels like because she'll never mm-hmm. understand it. Like the, he he's like they will no one will ever be in this situation. Right. Um and so he sits kind of by himself and like is sad.
0: <laughs> he's he's contemplative.
1: He's contemplative. Uh and then Matt comes over and they have this like little bit of a conversation. Um where he's just like Matt's clearly like being jumpy and weird about something, but we yeah. don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And Rand's like, "I'm not. No, I'm too, tired. <laughs> I'm too tired. Like, I'm not. I'm not engaging in this right now." He's <laughs> yeah. like, and everyone's just kind of being quiet and weird about their shit because Lan comes over and he's being quiet yes. and weird about his shit. Yes. <laughs> like, and they like refuse to eat. <laughs> it's very stupid and funny, actually. That's and then like great. They're like, (laughs) someone's like, should we go and look for Moiraine? And then they get really mad. And they're like, I love this moment of like, Malayne is like, no one can go twice and throws a loaf of bread at him. And Matt just catches it and starts eating
0: it. It's classic Matt. It's just classic, classic Matt.
1: Classic Matt.
0: Um. So then finally they see they're basically holding vigil is what they're doing. They're holding a sort of unofficial vigil for Avienda and Moiraine, uh, like waiting to see if they're going to come back because apparently the,
1: the clock is ticking. Like people don't clock come back per, past mm-hmm. a
0: certain point, generally speaking.
1: But we have this moment where Bear is taught because Rand is like, why do you even want me here? Like, right. you kn- aren't you afraid? Like, aren't you afraid? You know, and Bear comes out and is like, everyone thinks they know the prophecy. But we haven't given them the whole truth, to, to your point. Um, and then Rand asks, okay, then what is the whole truth? And she she looks at Matt like, does he need to hear this? But right. then he's like, fine, fuck it, whatever. Um, is that you are our doom and our salvation. Mm-hmm. Without you, no one of our people will live beyond the last battle, perhaps not even until the last battle. That is prophecy with you and then she quotes he shall spill out the blood of those who call themselves isle as water on sand and he shall break them as dried twigs yet the remnant of a remnant shall he save and they shall live a hard prophecy but this has never been a gentle land which is probably a pretty difficult thing to hear yeah yeah and then like everybody leaves except matt
0: (laughs) well i think lan is still crouching nearby also
1: well, no, it says it says everybody what does it leaves say? except everybody Matt. Leaves except Matt. Oh, you're right. Everybody the others left except for Matt.
0: <laughs> so then Avienda comes out. She makes it, and which I liked
1: this because he was like, at least I know she just hates me. I
0: know. I love. There's a lot of Rand and Avienda in these next chapters, and I love how he's just like, oh, it's so refreshing <laughs> no. to know that this woman just hates me. Like it's like... so uncomplicated. It's so <laughs>
1: simple. She just hates me. It's such a rest. I know. And it I feel like I'm like, this is how you can do a contrary relationship yeah. building yeah. between Rand and Avienda. Yeah. Because she's like, I understand both of them where yes. their reactions are coming from. Yeah. Unlike Perrin and File, yes. who are yes. who it feels so orchestrated. Yes. This felt very natural for yes. everyone in Totally involved. earned,
0: totally in character, like makes perfect sense.
1: And he thinks here he's like um she thinks she hates me because she thinks i mistreated elaine mm-hmm. not because i'm the dragon right. <laughs> it's so good it's great it's great uh, and then like there are the i love these moments too like so the chapter ends with like this little interaction between him and matt because we see these interactions from matt's perspective oh wait wait Moiraine comes back too oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah Moiraine comes, comes
0: back lan is like god damn it you're finally back and like bundles her off um but yes and then there's a random Matt moment
1: and then there's this random Matt moment where Rand's like what are you gonna do now and he's like I'm gonna break the rules (laughs) and Matt's like I meant are you gonna eat something (laughs) and then Rand starts laughing and we it's funny because it's like Matt stared at him as if he was crazy and then he laughed again but he's not crazy (laughs) For the first time, somebody was going to learn what it meant that he was the Dragon Reborn. He was going to break the rules in a way no one expected. And I love these moments from Matt's perspective because Matt's like, from Matt's perspective, he's always like, Rand, can you just wait to go mad? Like, can you just hold on? Yeah. (laughs) And meanwhile, Rand's like, I have a plan. (laughs) I was going to say, not for nothing, he is manic. Like, he is not
0: delusional at this point, but he is manic AF.
1: Yes. Hard agree very so, yes i would be like if he was my friend i would be like would you like some hot chocolate right? <laughs> like Maybe? i'm concerned just like or, or like a nice chamomile tea. yeah yeah let's take this down a notch
0: but also <laughs> he's the dragon reborn like the forsaken is after it is. him it is what it is it is what it is he's earned a little mania is what True. i'm saying uh, uh all right then we get to Egwene. yes
1: who is in teleronrio talking to elaine
0: Right. So they're in the heart of the stone in the dream world. Mm-hmm. And I, I like I both hate and love this ongoing gag with the clothing yeah. that Jordan does. Like I'd, sometimes I appreciate it and sometimes I really don't. And this is one of those times because Elaine, when she shows up, is like dressed as if she's one of the sea folk. Yeah. Like, she's not wearing a top. She's in the pants. She's got the gold rings and jewelry and whatnot. And Egwene is like, uh, what's up? Hi. <laughs> And Elaine, of course, then she can't control her clothing. She doesn't know how yet, yeah. so she like cycles through all of these clothes. And every time she thinks about Rand, like her dress gets lower cut, and it's just like, "Ugh, stop it already!" But and I, I do think- every now and then. I'm like, "Oh, that's a good one, though."
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I agree. I think he I agree. overdoes it, but there's some. If he moments- kept it like quiet, yeah it would work a lot better like if there were just like moments of it but it's yes. like every time he every this time he spoke, they
0: say a sentence like their clothing changes it's like okay
1: calm down Everybody we get move it on. we get it uh so elaine asks about rand and i liked this line where Egwene says i think he is period <laughs> <laughs> after Elaine says how is he I he thought is. I thought that was a really good line he exists
0: in the world um,
1: <laughs> she gives him a little bit of a hint sort of like what's happened um and Elaine updates Egwene on the Seafolk and Tom and Julen being with them um and Egwene's kind of like Rand's acting pretty weird Matt's acting pretty weird since they went to Ruidian there's this whole thing going on mm.
0: And then Elaine tells her about the wind finders, which is interesting because now they're learning. I loved this moment on page 571 where Aguin is thinking about like, how the wise ones can channel yeah. and the it's wind finders good. can channel. And there's all of these women who can channel in these other cultures that aren't incorporated Beholden. into the whole Aes Sedai thing and how differently those women are incorporated into society. Yeah. And it's like, very interesting. it's so good. This line about how the three oaths are supposed to make people trust the Aes Sedai, but it has the opposite effect. Yeah. And it was just so nice to see this acknowledgement that like, when you have to constantly prove that you're not doing anything wrong, it just makes, mm-hmm. makes people more suspicious yes. and kind of makes it more likely that you are doing something. Like yes. she doth protest too much. Like it's just it's too much. And whereas if you just let people be part of freaking society and not have to like try to prove themselves constantly,
1: yep. everybody benefits. Surprise. So weird. No, it's so a wonderful. So how that works. Wonderful moment. <laughs> Um, we do also have this brief moment prior where Egwene is worried about Rand beginning to see people as nothing more than pieces on mm. a board. And Elaine is kind of like, well, he's a king. Right. He's a leader. Like, this is what you have to do. Yeah. And Egwene's like, mm. people are people. <laughs> like, okay, Egwene. <laughs> yeah. Elaine knows what she's talking about here, though.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: I do like how this sets up a point where it makes more sense for Elaine and Rand to be in a relationship yes. than Egwene and Rand because yes. Elaine does have all of this training on what it means to be in charge of others mm-hmm. and can support and, like, understand Rand in a way that Egwene absolutely cannot.
1: Yes, yeah, I agree with you
0: because I, you know, we've talked about this before. Like her fascination with him does feel a little like out of nowhere. Like her obsession with him. And, yes, because like,
1: it's just all of a sudden, it's like Rand, 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 Rand. Yeah, and you're like, where did
0: this come from? But this feels like building more of like a okay, this is this is a way in which this relationship could make sense.
1: Yes, I agree. Um, then there's this moment where Egwene is like, <laughs> there's this guy Cooladin who's like really mad at Rand and might hurt him and. <laughs> Elaine is like, I'll fucking kill him. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like, I love it a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. You better not let anything happen to him.
2: (laughs) You will
0: see that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's
1: great. And then we have this like reference to two letters that Elaine gave Rand.
0: Oh, wait. Rewind for a second. Yes. Uh, There is this moment where uh, Elaine tells Egwene that, they're convinced that Rand is the Koromor, the Seafolk. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're yes. like, they're like, great, we're spreading the word. Like, we're super on board with the whole thing. And she's like, gosh, I wish the Aiel were like I that. Know. <laughs>
1: It'd be great if the Aiel could be that cool.
0: Clearly, the Koromor is a very different
1: prophecy for the Sea Folk than yes. the Karakarn is for the Aiel. I don't remember how much information we get about that. I think but it's I'm pretty minimal for... at
0: this point. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I'm looking forward to hopefully getting more. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if we do or not, but yeah, I same. hope we do um then they kind of have this like brief back and forth and then Egwene is like oh by the way like I might not be able to I might not be able to show up here as frequently or it might be late one one day or two days just just keep coming and looking for me like I will be here uh and then all of a sudden she's like pulled out of the dream I actually didn't love this part oh really like this the first part I didn't like because I'm thinking about Egwene as this like person who was kidnapped and trapped and had her power taken from her yes
0: it is very re-traumatizing
1: exactly and so she's taken and basically what happens is amy scares her shields her from the power in the dream Mm -hmm. and makes her feel like she's being like eaten by a beast Mm -hmm. or something and then pulls her back out of the dream again and there's this like horrifying moment where Egwene is just like furiously like manic here where she just needs Mm -hmm. her power back and she's being shielded from it and it was like I know the point is that Egwene should not have like she's coming into a culture and should have respect for this idea of that the aisle like they're going to teach her right but I was like this is really fucked up though like this is really fucked up
0: yeah it's messed up I mean and it's it's not I don't think Amy's like Amy's has no idea. No, exactly like, what none what being shielded from the power means to Egwene. Yeah. She's just like using the techniques that she that they use, yes. which are very harsh to yeah. train because she's like she actually says like a short, sharp shock. Is more effective than like, Mm -hmm. you know, coddling you in the long run, which, you know, debatable, obviously, you know, but like, okay, sure, I can see your internal logic. Um, But yes, as readers and as a writer, like, we know how traumatizing this is for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's also interesting to me this point where Amy says, like, you gave me your word you would not do yeah. this I didn't think I said I could lie because she doesn't know
2: yeah. that Egwene
0: is just accepted and not I said I. I said I am mm-hmm. so that was an interesting little moment as well
1: and Egwene is like I promise and Amy is like I don't believe you I know I mean it's funny there is then this moment of like Egwene is furious because she's like no one else has these rules. Yeah. Like Rand wouldn't follow the rules. Matt definitely wouldn't follow the rules. (laughs) Like why do I have to follow the rules? Right. Right. And I was like, fair. Right. It is true. Absolutely fair.
0: It's fair. But then, you know, Amy's also is just like, you're going to die if you don't listen to me and learn what I have to teach you. And I'm not going to help you do that. So like, if you want to learn, you have to follow my rules. And I love this moment too, because it is so indicative of like this is Egwene's drive she wants to learn all of the things yes and I love the knowledge to have the power and so she's like all right fine I mean I'm gonna like humble myself and follow your stupid rules and you're gonna teach me what I want to know
1: it's so good yeah it's so good um so that all happens and we have the sweat lodge scene then there's this like sweat lodge scene (laughs) God, the obsession with nudity is just like so intense I in know. these books. It's like everyone's getting naked for every big, like everything all the time. <laughs> it's like, okay, take off your clothes. Let's sit in a tent and get I sweaty. Mean, and like, it's, fine, that happens.
0: I feel like the in-book atten- rationalization is that like nudity is just not a big deal for a I lot know. of these cultures. But like because it... of the context of it coming from a Western writer, it is like, uh,
1: it's a big deal. They're naked. And you're like, oh my God, just shut up already. Just shut up. Who cares? <sighs> yeah so they then there's this like this is kind of where i'm just like i don't know if i'm on your guy's side i feel like i'm on Rand's side yeah because they spend the whole time being like what are we gonna do about Rand? yeah we need him to like do what we want him to do how are we gonna make that happen? how are we gonna guide him and and we can't trust other men to guide him so like right. how are we gonna guide him yeah yeah and like Egwene has this moment where bear is like you've known him since childhood like would he would he confide in you? And she's like, I doubt it. (laughs) He does not trust as he used to. And she won't look at Moiraine, but like, yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. So instead they decide that Avienda, who has just started her wise ones training is just gonna follow him around. They're like, You're young and pretty, he'll talk to you. And she's like, This is I hate this plan. I will not do this plan. And
1: she gets browbeaten into it. Well then Egwene's like, do it for Elaine. She wrote you just tell him that she like really (laughs) feels what she wrote in his letters.
0: Which we know is like one of the letters was like, I love you. And one of the letters was like, I hate you. And yeah. so, you
1: know. It's it's not, not going to make any sense. It's not going to make any sense. Um, There are also hints throughout the section of like Moiraine, something happened to her in Ruidian. Yeah, but we don't, but know, we don't what, know. But she has like a tightness around her eyes. And finally, Egwene asks Moiraine like, was it bad? And Moiraine is just kind of like. It's this very cryptic speech she gives in response,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, with like, you know, the memories fade. Most are already gone. Some I knew. Others, the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. (laughs) We are only threads in the pattern. And she basically is like, I'm going to do what I meant to like what I am meant to do and nothing will stop me. And you're like, "Mm -hmm." yeah, (laughs) dang. Yikes. (laughs) -hmm. Big yikes. Big yikes. Big, big, big yikes. Um, we? we're, on, okay. we're halfway
0: through, and it's been an hour and fifteen oh minutes. God. Sorry,
1: y'all. I knew this was going to be a long episode. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Yeah,
0: same, same.
1: I was like, so much happened. Oh man,
0: I kind of hate these next couple of chapters in ways that I can't. I like, I'm having trouble putting my finger on, but well. So- <sighs> Yeah. so they're traveling
1: they're traveling and in this like so we're back to Rand POV and and they're breaking camp and they're they're like he's looking on the aisle or, or around the waste and he has this thought where he's like all the wreckage of the breaking of the world seem to gather here in the one place called the isle waste but haven't they seen other examples like while yes. they've been traveling, absolutely, it felt like a weird sentence when I'm like, I know you've seen other things and like yes. outside of Cairhienian and like, right? There's all kinds of ruins that
0: they've come right? across. I mean, they saw they saw Shattered Logos for like yeah. crying out loud. Yeah, it was loud. just like a really
1: just... weird yeah. thing to say. Yep, I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they're just kind of like walking, and Rand is thinking about like the the shadow versus uh, the Jindo, and like the the various like beefs between the septs and then uh, he's thinking about like how Avienda is like following yeah. I love now. this
0: bit where he's like he uh he basically knows he's like clearly that wise ones have sent him yes. to spy on me and and they put her in skirts to do it better and he's both right and wrong and at wrong. The same time and I love
1: Avienda is like Elaine's the woman for you and Brian's <laughs> like what what are you talking about.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great how and surly kind of like sh- she
1: is. I am not I am not a part of this. <laughs> I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> there is this part where she's like just talking to him about Elaine and he's like exactly the woman for you. Is she not beautiful? Her back is straight, her limbs are supple and strong. Her lips like plump love apples. And he's and he's like, "Oh my god, please stop talking. Please, please stop talking. I know she's pretty." <laughs> She's like, have you not seen her in the bath? Because right. I can tell you about what she's like in the bath, and he's like, oh my god! And Matt is just like cracking up on the side. It's such like this is a really funny moment that I actually thought worked really well. Yes,
0: yes, it does. Like it, it does. doesn't
1: always work, but it's this is like Avienda just aggressively being <laughs> like Elaine is so awesome. Right. Let's talk about how hot Elaine is together. Let's, just, like, let's, let's think about, about, about how Elaine. Cool she is. <laughs> Right. It's really good. And then, of course, she says, like, she met those letters. She met every word in those letters. And Rand is like, What? <laughs> and it, the letters contradict each
0: other. It does feel like an earned moment where he's like, I miss Min. Like, <laughs> Min was not confusing. Yes. Min never did this I agree. To me.
1: Remember, felt- Min? <laughs> Min was great. <laughs> felt very earned. It did. It did. He's just being harangued about how hot his girlfriend I know. And then this great moment
0: where she like she stops talking and she's like fine. I guess I'll she in her head you can tell she's like I guess I'm just supposed to stand here and listen. So she's just staring at him and he's like, like a no weirdo. what are you doing? She's like I'm listening to you. Don't you like it when I listen? Like the whole thing
1: is just she's <laughs> so
0: priceless. She's amazing. It's so
1: funny. I love it so much. Yeah. I really I really enjoyed it. Um, so it's this like wonderful like light moment, which we haven't gotten in a no. while for, for our poor boy. Yeah. Um, and then we get to a Matt POV. Yep. And Matt, of course, is just like, How do- can I get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> how do I leave? Mm-hmm. But of course, we're seeing that that piece from him again of like the recognition of how difficult it will be to fight against. The pull of taverin yeah um where he's just like i know what it is and even though i know what it is it doesn't make it any easier for him to leave yeah
0: yeah um and then they encounter these peddlers and this is ugh. the part where i start to like not love it's so weird so like what's going on
1: there's a weird interaction with the peddlers already that they're there because they shouldn't right. be in the waste they shouldn't be this close to ruidian um, Rurik is like, okay, I'm gonna, I like Matt's kind of like I don't understand what's going on. Like mm-hmm. I thought, the people who are allowed to come are like gleeman peddlers and the travelers, and this other isle is like gleeman and the peddlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and Matt's like I don't get it, and Rand's like you might want to just like not. Yeah don't bring up the tinkers don't don't bring up the travelers about
0: it we're not going to talk about that
1: (laughs) and then there's this moment where we see rand's perspective or matt's perspective on rand where Mm -hmm. um rand is smiling and (laughs) matt's kind of like that grin's pretty twisted kind (laughs) of wish you'd make a decision about if you're gonna be mad or not yeah would be great so this- but so well they I did like this moment too where they're like they go to it's like Rurik, um, Rand, Matt, Avienda. They all go there, but that wise women and Moiraine and Egwene oh, stay yeah. behind. But Matt notices like something shiny in Moiraine's yes. hand. And I'm like,
2: mmm, thanks, I Robert Jordan.
1: Yeah,
0: right, exactly. <laughs> For
1: letting us know how they know. <laughs> right.
0: They're eavesdropping with Moiraine's gem.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's this, the guy in charge of the peddler troop is called Hadnan Kadir, and he's, like, very, like, oh, I don't, I, we're, we're not trying to go anywhere we're not supposed so to. We, we got are. lost. Like, we're we so sorry. Will you guide us to where we're supposed to be? Like, I just, we just want to trade. Like, we just want to trade. um But there's clearly something off about him. Yep.
1: Yeah, there's something very unsettling about him, and there's this whole interaction between Kuladin and Rourke over who has the right to um, housing the peddlers, essentially, and Rourke's, like, I'm a clan chief, the Shido don't have a clan chief, so, Mm -hmm. and then there's this kind of, like, back and forth that Matt doesn't quite understand, where they're sort of, like, speaking without saying the things they're actually saying, Mm -hmm. Um, and it seems to do with Rand (laughs) and whether or not the Shido are going to follow Rand specifically, um and then this woman comes out like they decide like we'll stop at emory stand Mm
2: -hmm. in
1: a few hours or whatever and then this like woman comes out when matt's like hey i'll I'll buy your hat yeah to kadir and it's so weird
0: i don't love i like feel like there's overtones of fat phobia here 100 percent. i I did not care for it like the description of her is that she's like a fat woman
1: it's it's a, it's like caricaturesque in the yes. way that I don't think Robert Jordan has been. Yeah. Like this aggressively. Like yes. there has obviously been some stuff yeah. throughout the books, but this is like a full paragraph. 100%. Yeah. And it's so strange. And I don't remember how it goes. But no, there's something neither. very unsettling about her.
0: And like, I feel like th- it's like, it's one thing to introduce a character. Like, we've had a billion characters who are like, oh, something's weird about this yeah. person. But to like make it tied so specifically to, the to the her physical, physical characteristics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I super am not on board. No, I don't with like it. it. I don't, I don't like I mean, it at all. A, it's lazy writing, and B, it is discriminatory and
1: gross. So, like, stop, don't do it. Uh, Because, like, he does it enough with the way she speaks. Right? It's like her sudden laugh had the same throaty, caressing quality as her voice. Like her half, her eyes glittered raven black. Like there are things that you can use that aren't like like, her
0: mannerisms. Her mannerisms. It doesn't
1: have to be about weight. Yeah, I agree. I didn't like it. No. Um and Matt says a but, peculiar woman.
0: But this is where Matt gets his hat. Yeah, You've been waiting. I forgot. I forgot this is where he got
1: his hat. I was <laughs> like, oh, this this is it's a little anticlimactic. It's a little anticlimactic. I was like, that's I remembered it being some great moment. But nope, <laughs> nope. just just bought it off the head of a creepy peddler. Yeah, turns yeah. out. Turns out it was super weird. uh He also notices um a gleeman, right towards the back like a young gleeman like a young much younger than tom gleeman um and he asks rand like hey did you see the gleeman but rand is clearly kind of thinking about something else Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah and he talks about like how like his eyes like how hadnan and kadir is like saying all these things about like oh he died didn't mean to do this and please don't hurt but me his And eyes but never his changed. eyes never changed you have to watch the eyes and that's like sure yeah, like, rand
1: Matt keeps trying to draw sure. rand into like a normal conversation yeah. he's like so peddlers are weird right and rand like still isn't answering yeah. and he's like you would think this would be about like Giotto or something and have <laughs> I mean, like you're an idiot right stop talking Like, shut up and then Rand says the weird thing. Rand's like, his eyes, a dangerous man. Yeah. Um. But of course, from Rand, from Matt's perspective, he's like, what is going on? Right. And so he's just like, sure, you have to watch the eyes. And then Rand says, time is the risk. Time sets snares. I have to avoid theirs while setting mine. And Matt's like, what? Right. Who? Who is setting snares? And of course we know from Rand's perspective yes. that he is actually thinking of a real plan. Yes. But like <laughs> Rand finally is like, you can't see it or feel it. We ride with evil now, Matt. Watch yourself. And Matt's like, You think Kadir is evil? <laughs> and rand's like i don't know man those eyes are weird yeah just watch the eyes
0: and don't forget land fear and matt's yeah. like what what it's just like all this shit and, Rand and Matt is like what the fuck is going on i want to leave yeah he's like maybe i can go with the peddlers like that's a good plan let's
1: do that. that's a good plan let's go with that <laughs> except that's uh, not gonna work out
0: great for you no
2: man.
1: <laughs> not based on this nope. like everything everything jordan is giving us in the peddlers is creepy and weird yeah. deliberately. Like everyone is unsettling. Yes. Yes. Um, So we know it's bad news. It's yeah. to the point though, where I'm kind of like, why are you? He-, he overdid it. He, he overdid, overdid it. it. Yeah. Because you're like, why are you, why are you with them then? Like right. why right. not just be like, okay, get the fuck out of the waste. Right. It doesn't make any sense.
0: No, no.
1: It's very Like Ruark is no dummy.
0: Like he's not, yeah. I mean, anyway. Anyway, so the next chapter, they are, they reach Imre's stand, and things are bad, uh, basically from the get-go.
1: Yeah, there. so it's Rand POV, they're like, these maidens come running, and are like, there was some kind of raid or something, mm-hmm. um, and they get there, <laughs> I do love this line, though, where like, uh, Rand is kind of like, saying something and he see he looks at Matt and Matt's looking at him weird from the under the brim of his hat and he goes he smiled in what he hoped was a reassuring way <laughs> but Matt's expression did not change <laughs> I just love this like ongoing this ongoing thread of like Rand thinks he's being normal and Matt's Run. like you are
0: not being normal <laughs> right
1: it's like making me laugh really hard. Yeah um yeah. so like they He's, like, uncomfortable with what the scene is around. He's, like, he's uncomfortable with the fact that the wise women and the Aes Sedai, like, aren't paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. Which I also thought was funny. Yes. He's, like,
0: it's so funny. It's, it's so funny. funny. He's,
1: like, what's more interesting than me? Right. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> That's um, great. And so That's great. he, like, kind of laughs a little bit. And Avienda's like, oh, you think it's funny being <laughs> here? Let's talk about Elaine. And he's like, oh my god. He's like, don't you need to respect me? I'm the dragon reborn. I'm the Karakarn. And Rourke's like, actually. That's not how that works. You have to earn it. However... Some do push the bounds of honor <laughs> yeah. to Avienda, which I I quite liked. Rework and then the thing happens. So often in dad mode with
0: young women, yes. which sometimes I hate it's and sometimes annoying. I appreciate. But like, yeah.
1: But this is a moment where he was like kind of in dad yes. mode with everybody. Yes. So I was like, okay. It's allowed. Um. So then they get to Emory's stand where this like supposed raid has happened and it's empty, which yeah. is weird. That is not standard. Usually people would have come out and met Ruark already or whatever. And they open one of the doors and it's just like a bloody mess. And Matt is like, this looks like (laughs) Trollocs to me, which is weird. Because what would the Trollocs be doing in the Waste? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like they they do not do that, right?
0: Right, right. So, but they were like, well, I guess we're staying here anyway. Like everything is bloody, but there's water here. So here's where we're going to camp.
1: Yeah, so like everybody kind of has their own uh, look at the scene. Like the wise ones look, but there is this line which I thought was interesting, where it's like the wise ones examined the inside of the building, and Moiraine and Lan did as well as it. But if they reached any conclusions, they told no one, which felt like just like a reassertion that no one is giving Rand the information he needs to know. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck should he tell anybody what he's thinking? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Like that's how I kind of feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's this introduction of this woman. Yep. Uh, is she a Forsaken? Like I don't know what else to make of this. I don't person. think
0: she's a for well I don't
1: know. I don't know. I just but, didn't know what to make like of her. I was like posing like we have
0: yet another woman who is overly described by her body type. Like she's yep. beautiful. And, and like she's overly
1: sexualized. Yeah,
0: super overly sexualized. And like the way that, you know, she's like, clinging to the peddler's arm but like she wants to go see the blood-spattered room and like she wants to be introduced to Rand and Avienda gets mad
1: that Rand looked at her and it's like a whole it's weird and it's like Verlane but worse worse and Rand can like but here Rand has no sort of emotions around this person yeah. he can just see through every choice she's making
0: Mhm. Um, I do that- love that Rand has gotten so good at reading people. Yes.
1: I was going to say in the same way that he's reading Kadir because mm-hmm. he can read Kadir very, very well. And so they have this like really uncomfortable conversation yep. um, where Kadir is like, so I've heard that you did these things. <laughs> and Rand's like, maybe. <laughs> and then he apologizes for this woman when she leaves. And Rand again notices that the eyes never change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, He's like, this is – You know it's super weird, and so Rand says, "I have heard it said that you should see, you should believe nothing you hear, and only half of what you see." And then he mentions again about Isendra, which is the woman's name, is like not a patient woman, so he has to go. Yeah, like the whole thing, everything about the peddler is weird. Yeah, like the whole thing, every single person involved with the peddler is weird, and again, it's so over the top that I'm just like, why are you guys just? They like it's being like, so passive. They might
0: as well have like a neon sign that's like "Dark Friends Here." Right? Like we are weird and like,
2: not to
1: be trusted. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. And so Rand is like, maybe I'll do some sword fighting practice. I do love this. I love this scene actually because he's like,
0: oh wait, the Aiel don't like swords, and now I know why. So maybe I
1: should I have to do spear learn some too. spear stuff. It's also like a lovely moment between him and Lan. Yes. Where, like, Lan is, like, like the moment where Rand's, like, yeah, well, I'm not a farm boy anymore, am I? And I'm, like, aw. <laughs> and then they have this moment where Lan is trying to show Rand how one might fight the Isle mm-hmm. through, like, the Borderlands. And Avianda's like, you're full of shit. You don't know anything. <laughs> and Lan's, like, well, it has worked mm-hmm. one or two times. So I might know a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Rourke comes in and is like basically like okay he does though (laughs) I do like that he kind of takes Avienda down a notch here though because it is like Avienda as much as I love her I feel like it's been like three days yeah 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 you know she's like you're the worst I hate you so much Mm -hmm. in not so many words and Rourke's Mm -hmm. like listen we get it. You're disappointed. Right. And this is a moment where Rand is like,
2: oh, right, right.
1: he like only
0: just figures out that she's not wearing skirts for him. Not everything right. is about no. you, Rand.
1: He's like, oh, mm. I'm an idiot. It's like, yes, it's OK, buddy. You are. You, you are, are, are buddy. But that's OK. And this is the moment where Rourke has come over with these spears mm-hmm. and Rand's like, OK. I got to do this now. Yeah. I'm pretty tired, but okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then we go back to Matt.
1: Yes. Who is like, you're an idiot. Why are you doing so much work?
0: No. He's like, it's so hot. Why are you? <laughs> why are you working out? Why are you exercising?
1: And we had this like long description of like aisle trading with the peddlers and what's yeah. worth what. And I was like, I don't no, care about like, this. three
0: pages of like trading rates. And you're like,
1: like okay, rates, There's a moment where uh one of the aisle asked for two rivers tobacco, which yeah. was kind of funny, and yeah. they didn't have any. Mm-hmm. Um, what? And then we finally get to this moment where we find out what happened to Mm -hmm. Matt in terms of how he has changed, which I thought was so funny that Jordan waited until the second POV after to tell us. Yeah. Like, I thought that was just like, are we like, is it because he's trying to cement sort of Matt's refusal to submit or his Mm. like, he just wants to deny it. Like, I don't, it was just so strange to me. Like, I like it. I liked how it happened here where he like, Gives us the the spear that he's holding has like the ancient symbol of the Aes Sedai on it before mm-hmm. the breaking with the two ravens. Um and now all the holes in his memory are being filled by like battles. Yeah. He like
0: has all of these memories of being a soldier or a general or something. Um and and he like is discovering that he'll just be like in his waking life looking around and like thinking about oh that place would make a good ambush and like yeah, doing yeah. tactics and so yeah all of the holes in his memory have been filled in like he now knows he there he just has all of these lives, memories basically yeah. in his head yeah
1: it's super weird and so he says this phrase in in the old tongue that means i am lost in my own mind because I guess if anybody could handle this amount of stuff in his head, it's Matt.
2: <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I
1: feel like Rand and Perrin would just like go to sleep. Yeah. Well, they was like, but
0: I was just gonna say that I don't know that they would be able to process. They would try to process it. Yes. Whereas but it would not Matt go well. is like, I'm not gonna try to process any of this. It shit. just like, is.
1: It's just there. It's just there. That's what I love. <laughs> Um, And so he says this phrase in the Old Tongue and that Gleeman is there all of a sudden and asking him questions about what what his life is like. Yeah. Um, And Matt kind of has a moment of being like, well, this is weird. And again, is like, I don't want to be a hero. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, sir. Sorry. (laughs) You're already there. Uh, <laughs> and so he takes him through the story he takes him through what happened in ruridian holding back a few key Which, things
0: he's not supposed to be talking about nope. ruridian and everything about this situation is creepy and weird but matt's like yep. ah, i might as well tell him some it's stuff so like, it's so
1: strange like, so like matt is this Matt? Like, I don't no. know. This was Matt in the first book. Yeah. I don't think this is Matt now. Right. Like, Matt now, I feel like, would be like, I feel like he would hedge his bets. I feel like he would, like, keep it really close to the vest. Yeah. And he's just like, blah, 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 blah. The only thing he holds back is, like, the, the Terangriel door. Right. Right? Right. And then he even says, like, a slip, and he would find himself talking about the Terangriel. Mm-hmm. And who knew where that might lead? So and he is drinking while he's talking but it yeah. still feels like all of it feels very like it feels out of character. Yeah. It feels strange. Yeah. Um and then uh this woman comes that same woman comes over Kail who was like with the horrible description earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and yells at the gleeman and mm-hmm. it's like that's not why we're here. Right. And it's it's a weird moment, which Matt kind of takes notice of, but like yeah. not really. Again, no, yeah. And they walk off, and then he has some weird thoughts about Isendra. Yep, uh, the whole thing is like strange.
0: I mean, it is in character for Matt to be like thinking about a pretty girl. That's totally that's the only part of it. That's in character, totally.
1: But like the lack of all the other yes. stuff is just yeah. so so strange. Yeah. Um, he eats at the fire with them, and like he just kind of does a song. Yeah. Uh, But then it turns out he sings a song about this, like, battle that happened in Manetherin, and then we get to see that Matt remembers the battle as it actually happened, which is
0: really cool. It's super cool. It's super cool. He's like, oh, that's not what happened. Like, but he's not talking about it. He's just thinking about it. And we get to, like, see him remembering how it actually went down. And that was a very cool moment. It
1: and, is. Then, and, and then there's like a bunch of Trollocs coming out trolikes. of nowhere. Surprise. Not a surprise. It's funny. This battle sequence from Matt's perspective is so like, uh, I don't know how to describe. I feel like Jordan does a good job at delineating what a battle seems like from each of their perspectives. Hmm. Like we've seen a battle from Rand's perspective. I think this is the first like battle battle we're seeing from Matt's perspective. I want to say. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Um. After he has all this like fighting information in his head well, that's and we've true. seen it from parents and Matt's is so like all over the place I feel like mm-hmm. like I feel like it was like it's very in the moment but without any sort of emotion to it if that makes sense like yeah. there's this moment where he's like he knew he was gonna die because the midril was gonna do this. Whereas I feel like there's so much like angst and anxiety in Rand's battle sequences. Do you know what it reminds me a
0: little bit of? Is way back when Matt was recuperating in Tarvalin and he has that bout with Galad and Gowan with the, Ooh, st- yeah, with yeah, the yeah, staff yeah Yeah, 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 the swords. Like, yeah. Like Matt's like battle brain. Yeah. Is, is really like calm and cool and calculating. Yes. Yeah. You're
1: right. 100%. Yes. I liked it a lot. It's also a very fast battle sequence. Yes, yes. Like, we don't spend as much time as we usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's just kind of like, okay, it's happening, it's happening. Like, the ice are in, and da-da-da, and it's happening. And then all of a sudden, it's over. It's like a page and a half, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right? Not even. Not even. Um, so, like... <laughs> and then... <laughs> go ahead
0: i was just gonna say so so Matt is you know touched touching base with everyone basically like checking yeah. in with rand and avienda or they're checking in with him um and uh ruark is comes over with the information that like they're like the trollocs attacked them in this very specific way
2: mm-hmm. that yeah
1: is shady af also everything about yeah because this, yeah. The the Jindo tribe has less people mm-hmm. than the Shido, mm-hmm. but for some reason they sent the bulk of their forces to the Jindo, the Trollocs did, and just a few to the Shido as if they were trying to keep the Shido from coming to help.
0: Right. Right. Which is curious. And if they uh, and the wise ones also got attacked by a very small yeah, contingent, yeah, yeah. which also seemed like a delaying tactic so that they couldn't help mm-hmm. the main targets. Yep. And then all of the peddlers seem
1: fine. Yep. Everything about <laughs> it is shady. And then Everything Matt's about like, well,
0: I'm going to go to sleep. Wake me up if the Trollocs come I, back. Or maybe don't. <laughs>
1: it's so, it's Let them so kill mad. me in my blankets. Um, I'm really tired. <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> and then and, we get a
1: very brief Rand POV to close out this chapter when yeah. Moiraine is um, healing him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she's like, this was aimed at you and he's like was it (laughs) and then Egwene kind of yells at him for a minute um because she thinks he's pissing off Avienda (laughs) and it's like no Avienda's just pissed (laughs) she's mad about everything and she's taking it out on Rand
0: right and we end with him being like well I don't care if she hates me it's just nice to know that she hates me and why but
1: but he also has this moment where it was really difficult for him to get the sword Mm, like he was struggling with his power and he's like it must be because i'm tired it has to be because i'm tired and you're just like oh that's probably not what's happening oh no yeah oh god number chapter 38 so many povs in this chapter (laughs) and they're all the worst and they're all the worst so first we have ascension can we just, like, speed through these? Yeah, I was just going to say, this chapter felt very much to me like
0: Jordan being like, and now let's catch up with our villains. Yeah, so, that's like
1: 100% what it is. We
0: go from Egyanen, who is one of the Shanchen, who's, like, trying to find women who can channel—recover— any women who might have escaped from the battle at Falme mm-hmm. and like recovering um, in, in Tanchico in Tanchico because right, everybody's in, in
1: fucking Tanchico. Right.
0: This is all Tanchico. And then, and like, we, I don't really honestly feel we, like we get that much m- new information here.
1: We, I, I think the big new stuff. So like, we know, we know that, uh, the Sen- so the important stuff is the sunshine have a presence in Tanchico. Right. They are searching for, uh, women who can channel, um, she has one of the ones from Falm mm-hmm. who used to be uh, Saldam, a Saldam domain. I think a domain, yeah. whatever. She used the to controller. be the one who was in power, yes. and now and so this one Senshan is like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. For I didn't think any of the only the women who could channel would be trapped by this, but how can this person who used to be in power be whatever? So that's that's a thing. We also find out about this structure from the Senshan of someone called the Seeker. Right, who is owned by the royal family, but seems to have a level of power yeah. over this person just in the hierarchical structure of things, and he has this tattoo, which I think is pretty important, mm. of a ravens, of some ravens and a tower. Mm-hmm. Ravens seem to be popping up a lot.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 So, and then right? we jump to J. Jim Carradine, who we did know from that prologue two books ago of is the dark friend meeting. Bores.
1: He's bores. It's so funny, too, because that whole prologue is so long yeah. and it's so like excessive, like about bores, the white cloak. Right. It's such a big deal. And then this guy's just such a weenie. <laughs> like, I, I was just like, I, why do we spend so much time on him? And I don't remember if it goes any further. Yeah. But it was he really is a annoying. weasel. And... He's a huge weasel.
0: Ugh. And he's like involved in some political things. Like, there's, there's this huge oh power God. shift going on. And they're just like throwing out, like, the king wants this and the panarch wants that. And, and they the want panarch the white clips and... to do these things. And the new, they're
1: trying to put this new panarch in power, but nobody wants her. And blah, it's blah, blah. It's just like, there's not a lot. It's a lot of telling us things. Yes. Yes. But. That- Jordan was probably like, they need to know this for future parts <laughs> of the book, but also the book is already a thousand pages right. long. So basically we know
0: that the White Cloaks are involved in this power struggle uh, in, in where the hell are they? Tanchico. They're in Tanchico. Tanchico. Right. And then
1: who shows up but Leandrin. Yeah. Who is like threatening uh Bors yeah, yep. and he thinks that she was sent by the dark lord to kill him for not having found no yes. by the mirror draw yes yes to kill him for not having found rand yet yes cuz he's like rand has to be here or here and members of his family are being killed because he's not finding Rand. And he, in like typical weasley, weenie fashion mm-hmm. is like, I have other members of my family you can kill first. <laughs> yeah, don't I tell have me more yet. time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And she like, we find out later. Well, basically she's like, You're gonna do what I tell you to.
1: Yeah, because she wants him to take uh and hold the Panarch's ca- like king, whatever it is Calus. building, palace, whatever for for her and the other black Aja. Mm-hmm. God, I hate Leandrin so much. She's the worst. And w- when we went into a Leandrin POV, I was like, I "You've got to be fucking." Yeah, kidding it's me. like the worst people to be in their head. So then, so then
0: we, because we got that interaction through Chim's POV. Yeah. But now we follow Leandrin back to the house where she's staying. With the other Black Aja, and we get some, like, more details about them. Like, one of them likes cats, and the other one is probably killing the cats. And, like, it's just, like, gross and
1: whatever. Yeah, and it's, like, there's this weird moment with a servant. Yeah. Where Gildan... It was weird. So the servant is sweeping when Leandrin comes in, and she's rude to her. And we get this backstory about Leandrin that she used to grow up with, like, a working-class father or whatever. And that she likes to play at being, like, this high Mm -hmm. lady. Um, But that same servant then is, like, in the room when they're all talking. Yeah. It was very strange, which I think means that person's going to matter. Gildan is going to matter at some point.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's very weird.
0: But you find out that they are there.
1: Looking for something. Looking
0: for something that will let them control Rand. And they think it's in the Panarch's palace, which is why she's trying to control J.H.M. Carradine to take the palace for
1: them. And they think it's probably like the similar to the um, collar, right? Yeah, right,
0: right. It's like it's a, some kind of terra angrile.
1: And then it's just that other part I already said about the sentron right. person because I combine them because who cares? Oh, who cares? I guess there, there is a reference to Bale Doman mm. seeing her. So but that also will come up in this chapter. So chapter 39. We are with Elaine. Whew, man, <laughs> there's so much that goes on. It's so, yeah. it's so much. Uh, so, Elaine and Nynaeve and Tom and Joylin have made it to Tanchiko.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the they kind of are, see, like, they say their goodbyes to the sea folk. And it's nice. They've clearly, like, made a strong connection there, which is mm-hmm. nice to see. Yeah. Um, and then they get off the boat and, like, immediately run into Bale Doman. Yeah. Because he was going to, way back when at Falm, mm-hmm. was going to be the way Nynaeve and them escaped from Falm. But of course they had that, found Egwene. Yeah, that never happened. Right. Uh, and so Bale Doman is like, I-, I can actually help you out here. Like, I've got a pretty good system set up. Uh, you're going to have difficulty finding somewhere to stay. And so he basically is like a little worried like he's like but does you being here mean like it's gonna go down like bomb and they're like no, no 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 no, definitely not of course not no everything's gonna be fine yeah. don't worry and he's like okay yeah <laughs> so he like fine he like brings them to this like place where they can stay they have a conversation and basically kind of try to figure out who needs to do what in order to find these Black Aja sisters and Which, everybody's going to be involved. Side
0: note, Nynaeve is just like, oh, well, we're here to track down the Black Aja. They're like in the middle of a freaking inn and she's talking to no, Bale Doman. In room, right? Well, yeah, that's still, like, they're like, I don't know, she's like
1: talking no, to him. I know.
0: It's so, and I love how Elaine is like,
1: wow, Nineveh is just telling everyone just like, about the This is just what Aja we're doing, right? right? <laughs> and, and Doman, they're like, Doman is like, oh I don't know. Maybe I'll go to Ilian. And is like, good luck. I think somehow is ruling Ilian. There's nowhere safe anymore. She's
0: dropping all of this shit. And he's like, wow, (laughs) it is gonna be like foam all over again.
1: There's also so like they're asking questions. Like the thief catcher is like, where do criminals hang out? And like everybody's asking questions, and then Tom. This is so funny that Elaine thought this because she was like, Tom's own questions made no sense. E- at least not coming from the Gleeman. But that first half, I was like, Tom's yeah. questions make total sense and you yes. should know this. Right. Because he's acting, he's doing Tom style, like asking about factions and da da da. And like, what is the like ruling class think? And, right. and trying to figure this out. And there is this also, this thread of like, there's, like, an enmity between Tom and Julian unless mm. they're going up against the women. And it's it, it's a complicated thing that didn't need to be so complicated, I think. Yeah. Um, Again, gender binary face-offs. Yes. Uh, and then afterwards, Tom goes down to perform and Elaine goes down to watch him. And gets drunk. Which was – it was so funny because, like, she's drinking a lot, but the way they described it, I was like, did someone roofie her? I had the same thought, actually. It was so strange.
0: Because it doesn't seem like she's drinking that much. No. For how drunk she gets, but then I think Jordan is implying that like she hasn't actually been keeping track, and like this nice young man has kept refilling her cup. Yeah, and, like, she it was wasn't just a paying attention. Weird. But it, I as like a woman in the world, I stressed me out. I was like, is she going to get
1: assaulted? Yeah, like, seriously, yeah. like the whole time. It's
0: very stressful. It's Instead, very stressful. Instead, what happens is she confronts Tom, completely drunk, pulls on his mustaches some more. And like tells him she finally remembers him mm-hmm. and then basically slut shames her mother. Yes.
1: And then Tom smacks her.
0: Which is not okay. Not and, okay. Like the whole situation is just I mean, I am I am like fine with like her having a drunken revelation. Totally. And like I'm also fine with her being confused about like what it means that her mother had lovers. Like, okay, fine. I'm not fine with Tom hitting her like I just I just I just it's happened so often in these books and I think I just have to like my blanket policy is that like I don't like seeing interpersonal violence agreed in and I know that there's a spectrum like I don't think it's like the same as like other kinds of abuse for example like there it's not sure. all the same kind of violence but i just like unless you are like two consenting adults who have like discussed this ahead of time like i just don't want to see interpersonal relationship violence it's, on the page. it's unnecessary
1: i'm not here for it personally there are like other ways to accomplish the thing that you want to accomplish yeah and that's what it. but so they have this whole interaction she learns who it is that she she has this drunken revelation fi- figures it all out Uh, And then she like makes it back to her room where Nynaeve is waiting. I
0: was like, "Oh, you're drunk.
1: You are. This is also messed up." Uh, And so (laughs) Nynaeve is like, Art, can you watch me while I go under, though? And Elaine's like, I can do it. After Nynaeve, like, shoves her face for a second, I was like, oh, no, is it a dark friend pretending to be Nynaeve? Yeah, because it's like she,
0: like, thinks she's being drowned. Nynaeve basically shoves Elaine's head into a bucket of water repeatedly.
1: Yeah, but Nynaeve's just like, don't get drunk. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, And then, so, then we move to Nynaeve, who... This is a really kind of uh, chaotic yeah. Telerandriod yeah. visit. She yeah. can't find Egwene. She feels like something is watching her in the heart of the stone or the whatever, the Stone of Tear room. Um, and then she's like, okay. And then she steps to the waist mm-hmm. because it's Telerandriod.
0: No, oh, she's and thinking she- about Egwene and she's mm-hmm. like wondering what's going on with her and the Aiel. So now suddenly she's in the waist and she and sees she- this dude. It's Slayer, right? I thought probably, I can't keep track of who's wearing what, which is how Jordan seems to like indicate who is who. But that was my first thought too. I was like, it's probably Slayer. And then Brigitte shows up. And And Naini recognizes her. Yes. So great. And you know, that's a good point. It probably, context clues, it probably is Slayer because the last time we saw Brigitte was when Perrin was played chasing slayer mm-hmm. and she was like don't go into that fucking tower um yep. so yes so uh so Brigitte shows up and then
1: he was like I know who you are what's up like what are you doing and here? then she runs away yeah. she like is like okay bye and then Nynaeve is like hey yeah it's so I love her she's like come back here right you come back here you you come back here or I'll hero you it's I was so like I love you so much because Brigitte's kind of like just get away from that guy he's gonna kill you mm-hmm. you need to go yeah like so they, you need to leave
0: so they're in this like dream two rivers and as she's chasing Brigitte she rounds a corner sees a man who looks exactly like Lan who then tries to shoot her with a bow
1: mm-hmm. and then she wakes up and has been cut
0: yes yes and this is another section where I'm like, "Do I know a thing? Like I don't I feel like I, I know. know a thing. because we did hear a bunch about Lan's backstory mm-hmm. and like the family that he lost. Mm-hmm. So we know Lan had family of some kind, all presumably dead. Yes. And now there's this dude in the dream world who looks like Lan who she wasn't even sure if it was the same guy. I think we're supposed to understand them as two different people. I don't remember. but Because wouldn't Perrin have been like oh this Slayer dude looks like Lan. Like doesn't that seem like the kind of thing? Then
1: maybe it's not Slayer. No
0: that's what I think. I think it's two separate
1: people. I don't know. But
0: I do, and this is where I get start to get into like, do I remember something or am I guessing? So I'm not gonna and say anything. And also
1: anymore. like maybe the guy, even the guy, the blue coat maybe there are two people in her in the Teleranriard visit she just had. Right. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Okay, yes. okay, yes, yes.
0: So uh so she starts to tell Elaine about the whole situation and she's like, "All anyway, regardless, Egwene is not there, like where the hell is she? Yeah. Cause they don't know. That yes. she's been like told that she's not allowed to do the thing.
1: Um, the next morning, like they, so they don't get a ton because Elaine, like bandages her up and then mm. falls asleep because she's wasted and then she wakes up with a hangover. Um, and they wake up and it turns like Julian comes in and kind of is like been out all night talking mm-hmm. to thieves. Um, Elaine doesn't remember any of her conversation with Tom. So she does Wise. not remember She's her. Pretending She's not pretending. She's pretending not to. Yes. She's telling Tom she doesn't remember. But she remembers.
0: <laughs> um And then so Tom and Julian have this like sort of weird standoff over like who is found. No, out does what she information I don't hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think she remembers. It says right here page six fifty five, she was not about to admit to drinking it or to making a fool of herself in his room, above all not that. He seemed to believe her from no, the No, I think he but, but I think it. she's
1: referring to the I may seem to have eaten some bad apple jelly. Mm. I don't think she remembers. Because I think we would, I think he would be explicit if she remembers. You think? I do. I think it would be, but I think she, she would says think about she's it. she's
0: not going to admit to making a fool of herself in I, his room. I know. But so she knows, she knows he like, was in his room. I know. But do you think she remembers everything? I don't know think is- she thinks he believes her that it was apple jelly. Like you think I don't know. That's what I'm reading here is that she is lying about not remembering it and she thinks he believes her. That's my reading. That's my reading. All right.
1: Well we'll find out. Yeah. Not in this part. No. But eventually. <laughs> eventually. We'll um so Julian comes in and is like, Okay, they're here. I find out they found out that they're probably here. There's a like about the lady with the white stripe in her hair. Right. Um, I feel like n- nothing of great import no. other than like Nynaeve and Elaine are going to change their appearances so that they can oh, right. pretend to be other people.
0: Because Tom and Julian are like fighting over like who's going to find them first. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're going to go look too. And they're like, you can't go out looking like that. And Nynaeve's like, you're right. Yep. And then it turns out that there's like a plot
1: to disguise them. At the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, final chapter. We made it. We made 40. it! We're back with Perrin. Um, they have been... It's been a few days since the White Cloaks thing. They've been hunting Trollocs. They've gone through some stuff. Uh, and Lord Luke and Lady File, <laughs> the lady, have showed up to meet up with their merry band of Trolloc hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, Loyal sent a message with File that said, Alana vanished twice without a word, once alone her warder seemed surprised to find her gone. Mm -hmm. So that is suspicious. Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a cute moment where Perrin is like, I missed you. Yeah, it's sweet. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Lord Luke's still being weird. Um, Perrin does bring up the fact that of the people who were burned out of their farms, Luke was at five of those farms the day they were burned,
2: mm-hmm. which does seem suspicious.
1: suspicious. And Phyla's like, are you
2: sure? <laughs> yeah,
1: I think so.
0: Yeah. Um, and then we find out that they're calling him Perrin Goldeneyes.
1: Yep. Which is amazing. He's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, listen, word travels. Yeah. You're doing pretty remarkable stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, because they've been fighting Trollocs. They've been mm. basically doing the thing. Uh the white cloaks are more annoyed than ever. Yep. More about their prisoners being lost than the Trollocs. Yeah. Um Luke and Luke is kind of like, hey, so why don't you come back to Amon's Field though? Because yeah, it like, seems you- like you handled it. Right. You guys have killed all the Trollocs. What do you need to still be out here for? Um and then as he's saying that, Gaul shows up and is like, I found some Trollocs. Yeah. <laughs> and Luke is angry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. There's something shady going on with Luke, obviously, because he's like, no, I'm not going to stay and help you. I'm going to go back to right. Avon's field. Okay, right. bye. Okay, bye. Um, and because some of the boys, there was a little bit of dissent mm-hmm. based on Luke saying they should come back and them being mm-hmm. like, we should go back. <clears throat> but then it turns out that... The Trollocs are still there. Uh There's a moment where, like, File is like, you really think that guy's a dark friend? Yeah. And parents, and parents like,
0: parents absolutely.
1: I do. I trust you, my bow, and my axe. Yeah. And that's it. hmm That's uh, And then, of course, they make this plan to attack the Trollocs at night, and it all goes to shit because the Trollocs attack them from behind. hmm and so we get this other a, a bit of a longer slightly longer yeah. not even actually just barely longer um battle scene and Perrin almost dies he gets stabbed or hit by an arrow right mm-hmm. by a trollic arrow into his yes. side um and he almost gets killed by a merdol but Alana's warder mm-hmm. that she sent to find them kills the or mur- kills the merdol from behind um and which is like how did that happen Yeah. Like, yeah. Right? Right. Uh, And so they get out, there's like 27 people die. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't how they expected it to go. Perrin is hurt. Yeah. Um, And he's, of course, feeling all of the guilt.
0: Right. This is like because they've been doing really well up to this point, like they've actually Mm -hmm. had some success with their tactics, like they shoot at the Trollocs with their bows and then like, you know, they've they've figured out these ways to um, protect themselves while still making sure to decimate as many Trollocs as they yeah. can. And it's working. And so this, like, of course he's devastated. He's lost, like, people have died, people he cares yep. about and has known all of his life, and he was the one in charge. And it's this really sad moment of them all heading wounded away from this fight, like, trying to avoid getting hurt anymore. And, um, and then as they're, like, you know, fleeing trying to find the nearest place where they could seek shelter and tend to their wounded and and sort of rally uh they hear uh the sounds of fiddles and like dancing and music and there's probably a fire and that's where that chapter ends and let me tell you i remembered something else and i was just like oh shit
1: I don't remember any of it, but I'm assuming it's the Tuatha and that they they found. That's just my yeah. assumption. I will say no things. Okay, say no things. And that is how this ends. Two Gosh. hours later.
2: <laughs> oh, my
1: God. That was a lot. I'm sorry, y'all. We lose track of ourselves. We do. There's just so much. We there's so- And we even fast forwarded past one chapter. what it's worth yeah 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 we did we tried anyway thanks for hanging with us (laughs) i know we're glad for those of you who have stuck it through that you have stuck it through i mean if you stuck it through us like waxing philosophic about 90 minutes of over two chapters last episode (laughs)
0: very (laughs) impressed Well, speaking of, keep an eye out for future episodes in which we will wax philosophical about every damn detail. Uh, Those come out every other Wednesday. Uh, Next time we will be talking about chapters 41 through 48 of The Shadow Rising. Uh, Also, since we have finally figured out this, show recap episodes, TV show, uh, after the show starts airing on November 19th, those recap episodes will drop on Saturdays. And we will be taking a break at the end of Shadow Rising to focus on the show. And then we'll come back in the new year with book five, which is Fires of Heaven, if I Yeah, I was correctly. like, uh, But we, we, are, we have a couple more episodes to go. <laughs> Obviously, before we get there, this is just a heads up that that's what's going to happen. And if you would like to be part of the conversation, you can chat with us on various social media platforms under the hashtag TarValinOrBust.
1: And a thank you to our Patreon supporters, Stephen S, James, Barry Q, Ruth A, Catherine, Jetlag Jessica, support your local library, Sam S, David U, Amy R, Maradim, Mimi K, Amanda, Mark D, Heather J, Christina M, Malia H, Keith, Series G, Olivia K, Joshua S, Nicholas E, Michelle S, Michelle D, Danae, Destination Toast, MJ, Cat S, Jericho W, Saber Bouquet, Thomas K, Elizabeth F, Emily, Evans K, Ola J, Yulia S, and Brian D. And you can join us over on patreon.com slash Bust.
0: And a big thank you goes out to Brian Dunn, fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician, who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at briandunnmusic.net. That's Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's.
1: If you are enjoying the show, please do leave a review and or a rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps other folks find the show and we super appreciate it. And in between shows, you
0: can find us on social media and some other podcasts. Uh, I am intermittently on the interwebs on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL, J E N N I R L, and you can find me on the Book Riot podcasts, Get Booked, and SFF Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: And I am on every social media platform like Twitter, Instagram. tumblr and tiktok at run with skizzers that's s-k-i-z-z-e-r-s uh and i am also on the podcast they see geek girls which i co-host along with sadhana krishna um where we talk a lot about we will be talking a lot about all of the geek culture stuff coming over the coming out over the next few months this episode
0: is not the ending there are neither beginnings nor endings to the wheel of time but it is an ending
1: Bye